previously on Elite Week. I don't like sand. It's coarse, rough, and irritating, and it gets everywhere. If I ever kill you, you'll be awake, you'll be facing me, and you'll be armed. Sure as I know anything, I know this. They will try again. Maybe on another world, maybe on this very ground swept clean. A year from now, 10, they'll swing back to the belief that they can make people better. And I don't hold to that. So no more running. I aim to misbehave. <laughs> Hello, hello, and welcome to Elite Week. Are you guys ready to party? Because I know I am. I am your host, Kai Zen. This is Elite Week number 52 episode with uh, Orange Phoenix of the SPVFA Galactic Water Cooler for Friday, December the 4th, 2020. How are you all doing? With me as ever is my executive officer, Roy Cookson, the raging Canadian. Say hi, bro. 
Good evening, everyone. Hope you have a great Friday with us. Yes. And of course, we have our tech uh, monkey slash science officer, Arson Cross. Say hello, Arson. <laughs> That's going to have to pass for a hello. And we've got Tweet74, the tactical officer representing OPIC. Say hello, Tweet. Happy Friday night, everybody, or Wednesday morning, or Thursday afternoon, or whenever the heck you're listening to us. We are going to have a good time tonight. Yes, yes. Happy day and time zone to you. And our special guest, Commander Orange Phoenix of the SPVFA, who is here starting at 1 o'clock in the morning signing up for this craziness. Orange Phoenix, big salute to you, sir. Hello, everybody. Uh Yes, rather early in the morning here, but I will uh, hang on as long as I can. Beautiful. All right, so the cover art for today's episode, it's Full Throttle by Commander Fosdyke. Uh, we've got the song that brought you in was, of course, uh, I Still Haven't Found by Pomplamoose. And let's see here we got how deep is your love featuring abby kelso for the sign out so you'll enjoy that song going out all right guys it's the intro you know what that means the pulse wave analyzer update as of today this issue has been occurring and breaking the core mining gameplay loop for 89 days it was broken in the patch on september 7th we'll be talking about that a little bit later I want to say a Godspeed to Hayabusa 2 as it makes its way home. Roy's going to tell you something about that. And it turns out we're around 2,000 light years closer to Sag A than we thought. Who knew? All right. So why don't we go ahead and, Arson, kick us off with On This Day in Space History for the week. All right, so on this day, November 28th, 1967, astronomers found the first pulsar. They happened across it by accident when studying a constellation, Volpecula, and jokingly referred to it at first as a signal, Little Green Men 1, as a result of the regu regular flashing light every 1.33 seconds. Also on this, uh, actually tomorrow in 1967, November 29th, the first Australian satellite was launched. It was named the Weapons Research Establishment Satellite and lifted off from the Woomera Test Range in South Australia. That's a place we're going to hear some more about this evening. It weighed almost 100 pounds and circled the Earth from pole to pole. The mission made Australia the seventh nation to reach space. The U.S. had brought 10 Redstone rockets to Australia for a series of test flights, but they only ended up using nine of them. Instead of shipping the last rocket back, they gave it to Australia, who used it to launch the satellite. In the last few decades, Australia has launched several more and is famous for its radio astronomy work. Just a quick note in case anybody's wondering, uh, Roy might have had a little bit to drink. Today is actually December 4th, so this would not be as of tomorrow in history. That was. Oh, November I'm just 29th. reading the script there. Sorry, it says November 29th. Anyway, yes, yeah. correct. Yes, yes. All right. Arson, 
<laughs> so the next one is November 30th, 1954. An Alabama woman, Elizabeth Hodges, was napping on her couch when a 10-pound meteorite crashed through the ceiling and hit her side. At first, townsfolk were unsure what to make of the rock, and there was some speculation that it might even be a piece of Russian spy plane. Hodges suffered a nasty bruise, but was otherwise unharmed. Scientists confirmed that the rock was in fact a meteorite, and Hodges donated it to a natural history museum. To this day, she is the only person in recorded history to have been struck by a meteorite. Crazy. Absolutely Sweet. crazy. On December 1st in 2013, which actually was not all that terribly long ago, China lost launched its first ever mission to land on the moon. The first ever to land on the moon? The Chang'e 3 moon lander lifted off from the Xi Chang Satellite Lost Center on the modified Long March 3B rocket. The miss mission, I can't talk to this evening apparently, the mission was named after Chang'e, the goddess of the moon in Chinese mythology. The lunar rover, U2, was named after the Jade Rabbit, who was the companion of the moon goddess. Chang E3 arrived in lunar orbit five days after launch and touched down on the lunar surface one week later. This was the first spacecraft to do a soft landing on the moon in 37 years. A few hours later, the small six-wheeled rover emerged from the spacecraft, becoming the first robot to land on the moon since 1973. Yes, yes. And just to clarify, that was China's first mission to the moon, not anyone's. Arson, you're up next. On December 2nd, 1995, NASA launched SOHO from Cape Canaveral on an Atlas II rocket. It took about four months to reach its destination at the L1 Lagrange point, which is an area of space where the gravitational effects from the Sun and Earth balance out. SOHO, or the Solar and Heliospheric Observatory, is a sun-monitoring satellite that is a collaborative project between NASA and the ESA and has been operational for 25 years. Its main objective was to investigate the physics behind how stars work and provide useful data for predicting events such as solar flares and coronal mass ejections. SOHO is also a tool for discovering comets, which is something it wasn't even designed to do. And yeah. this December 3rd, on this day in 2014, Jap uh, so that's yesterday, Japan launched the Hayabusa 2 spacecraft on a mission to fetch a sample from the asteroid named 162173 Ryugu, lifting off from Tanegashima Space Center on a Japanese H-2A rocket. It flew for three and a half years before reaching its target on June 27, 2018. It then surveyed the asteroid for a year and a half and collected samples with the help of four small rovers. It departed the asteroid in November 2019 and is slated to return its samples to Earth this weekend. And stay tuned to the real life section where I'll have more details on this for you. On December 4th in 1965, back in the days of the Beatles, NASA launched the crewed Gemini 7 spacecraft on a two week long mission into LEO. This was the fourth crewed Gemini flight and 12th crewed US space mission. NASA astronauts Jim Lovell and Frank Borman were aboard. While in orbit, Gemini 7 met up with fellow astronauts Wally Shira and Tom Stafford, who launched 11 days into the mission. This was the successful performance of the first ever crewed rendezvous in orbit. Absolutely. 
Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, Wally Shira, man. Back Jim Lovell and Wally Shira working together even before later on they worked together. Uh, some of you guys will catch that reference. All right. So I want to announce the winner of the Reddit contest to be a guest host on Elite Week. Uh, Snow, a.k.a. Commander Sapphire Kamigawa, will be a guest uh, host on our show uh, in one of the early weeks in January. I think we're, we're looking at the 8th or the 15th. Uh, they won the contest on Reddit when the Reddit hit 250,000 uh, members. So we're looking forward to that. Welcome aboard. Now, uh, coming up on tonight's show, we've got coverage of the AMA, news about one of uh, uh, the amazing space missions completion this weekend, some bombs dropped by the community managers about things to come, in-depth discussion of the forum thread everyone's talking about, and a new spacecraft making its way into the official elite lore. All this and more coming up, so stay tuned. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at eliteweek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. All right. So let's jump right in. Let's start off with our interview of Commander Orange Phoenix. Orange Phoenix is, among other things, a streamer, uh, one of the uh, members of in high regard at the SPVFA, and a contributor to Sagittarius I magazine. Welcome, Orange. And thank you for uh, inviting me tonight. Right on. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, let's start with your Twitch. Uh, you stream, uh, I know you used to stream once a week, but I think you stream more now, right? Yeah, um, it's a very sort of fluid thing uh, when I can stream um, because of my sort of home life situation. But uh, I always try and do a Sunday. Um, Sunday normally around uh, sort of midday to 1 UTC. Um, and I try and, while the kids are at school effectively, try and creep in a couple of uh, streams through the week, but they can be quite random. Nice. I get it. I get it. 
So your Twitch is twitch.tv forward slash C-M-D-R-O-R-A-N-G-E-P-H-E-O-N-I-X. No spaces, no underscores, nothing like that. And your YouTube is youtube.com forward slash Orange Phoenix, P-H-E-O-N-I-X. No space, no underscore, no nothing. Um, now, you also do a lot of work for SAG-I Magazine, and I know that uh, SAG-I has taken a brief hiatus from the actual, you know, online magazine, but I have it on good authority from uh, from a little birdie named Souverine. And if any of you listen to this week's Lave Radio, you heard it talked about on air just a little bit. No information to share just yet, but um, there is discussion about getting the print version and the, the PDF version of Sagai back up and going now that sort of Elite is kicking it into high gear in addition to the podcast. So I'm sure you're excited for that, Orange. Um, I'm afraid I cannot comment on... Uh, <laughs> sure, no. All, all I can say is soon, TM. Nice. Everybody loves a good tease. We're frontier uh, elite dangerous fan so now let's talk about the spvfa which you can talk about uh tell us just for those who are brand brand new because if we got a lot of new uh uh commanders that are sort of coming in what does spvfa stand for and tell me a little bit about what you guys do uh yeah so spvfa stellar photography videography and fan art um basically just coming up for our third birthday which will be on the 12th of december um but back three years ago around this sort of time uh i got chatting with uh commander jason thetic and he wanted to create a facebook group and he came to me with i'm thinking of doing a space trucking group or a photography group um but i can't quite decide and i immediately <laughs> said photography you don't want to be wasting your time with a, a space trucking group <laughs> um and then we got uh commander star fox on board and effectively we were the three founders of spvfa and now we're just on the cusp i think of 2300 members um, and it is basically a safe place to post your captures your artwork your videos you know whatever uh, aspect is your preference um just to be shared for people to view we, we're very strict on our rules on the facebook page um no gifts for example because we feel that detracts from the piece that you're trying to show it mm. is more a gallery than anything else mm -hmm. um and yes it's on facebook i know a lot of people cringe when they hear the word facebook the the issue we have is it is the best gallery format that we can find um for argument's sake say we did it on discord we do have a discord um but it's more like the dirty mind of spvfa if i'm honest um because there's not really any pictures that get posted there because they get lost so quickly can i make um, a suggestion off the top of my head absolutely 
if you guys were to set up, and I know that it's possible to do because there, there are groups that are doing this. If you guys were to set up a auto post from your Facebook page to the Discord, there are a lot of Discords, including mine for sure, that would subscribe to that channel. So what that would mean is uh, that, you know, because now that's, that's that's sort of a new feature that that Discord has brought out within the last couple of months. So that you might end up having 30 or 50 or 100 different discords of different elite dangerous communities that might not ever even really visit the SPVFA discord because you guys sort of just use that as your, you know, planning and whatever. And that you you do all of your 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 artwork posting on the Facebook. But it could be sort of a way that you auto disseminate. I mean, we would for sure create a channel and subscribe to your feed and then it would just sort of even get more people seeing your stuff out there i don't know i'm i sometimes have ideas and i've had a little bit to drink so it might not even be a good one but. no no that's a, a very good idea we are I, I recently did a questionnaire that we put up on the page um in the announcements for just to get some feedback because we've pretty much run it these three years with very little feedback from people mm. um They've all obviously liked it because we've grown from strength to strength, but we've never really had much in the way of direct feedback. So create the questionnaire. And there's been some sort of ideas similar to that. Um, mm -hmm. Mentioned like Flickr, Instagram. We do mm -hmm. have these accounts, um, but we're all volunteers. There's what I would say nine of us that are active on the page regularly. Mm -hmm. That's obviously moderating the page uh, as well as answering questions. And then th there's the competition that we run every week mm -hmm. uh, um, and the sort of influx of people that we get uh, every time we're mentioned by uh, somebody on Twitch or whatnot. Right. Um, but the when it comes to the Facebook group, we've, we've kind of found a way it works mm -hmm. and we're ready to expand. Mm-hmm. And yeah, an idea like that with the Discord is fantastic. That's, that's a very good point. I think the, the just the good thing about it is that it doesn't require any extra work for any of you guys other than you were, you just set it up and then you just publicize, hey, for all of you that want it, here is the SPVFA gallery page. It's locked to where nobody can talk in it. It's just the bot pulls from the Discord or from the Facebook and post in that page and that's the only person that has the authority to talk in there the bot and then it literally is just a clean gallery of your pictures without any commentary or trash talk or gifts or anything else that as you said would just sort of detract from the art and then like i said all of the other discords can can subscribe to it and just auto post right in there ah it's just a thought yeah, no, absolutely. Um, definitely look into that. I'll pass that over to the guys. Because um, as I say, you know, we're we're known on like so Twitter, obviously mm -hmm. Facebook. Um, we're known on YouTube, um, but we really just want to display the prettiness of the game, really. Um, mm. And that's that's where my my whole Twitch side comes from. I don't do it for money. I don't do it for uh, to get all the follows and uh, all that aspect. I am literally doing it 
to showcase this this stunning game that we we can all just escape into. Beautiful. Uh, and that's what I've always done, even with my, my YouTubes as well. They're all just different aspects of the game. Um, put to some music. Mm. Sit back and enjoy. Nice. And you, speaking of, you just put out an intro video, like uh, introduction to me, Orange Phoenix, uh, not that long ago at all. And uh, awesome stuff. It's I like how you kind of talk about yourself as a, what is it, something about like you're a billionaire playboy photographer or something that just travels the galaxy and then yeah, eccentric billionaire yeah. photographer that's an adventurer that's that's what i dig I it i dig it man that's good shit and the video is great the 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 pictures that you know you you've got covers from spvfas and 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 then you go into the video and the whole nine yards you are the person that made the outstanding uh sort of uh trailer slash commercial whatever you want to call it for us for the dark wheel project and uh we've played the hell out of that and and every time i see it i, I always you know smile because i mean that that video is just amazing well yeah i think it was it was on flappy's channel i think mm -hmm. channel mm -hmm. you popped in the chat and yeah, you, you basically said, well, making videos, why don't you do this? So, yeah, <laughs> sure. go for it. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge, just go for it. Um, yeah, and yeah it's, I think it's my second most successful video on YouTube. Um, so yeah, I know it gets played a lot. Um, and it was good fun making it, you know, trying to get that uh, oh, yeah. mission across and why. Um, and it's well received, so it's always nice amazing stuff so if anybody else has a very cool project or thing or whatever and you're like me where it's like i've got my thing going but i don't have the artistic skill to make whatever hit up orange phoenix and the spvfa and if you're very very lucky and you know have some bribes uh you might be able to uh talk them into doing a little something for you yeah because literally i tend to just pick and choose and ask people would you like me to do a video and that's mm. increased to people physically asking me now um i think it all started with pudge brownie i was watching him and i was just amazed there's this guy fighting thargoids mm -hmm. and he's doing it to pink floyd just totally chilled beautiful I, I thought that would make a great video and that's kind of where it started the ball started rolling um but it was similar with sagittarius i um because we had the spvfa running and uh i've been a fan of sagittarius i from the beginning but mm. i always thought you know that, that it's great but the game photography is a bit dry it, it there was nothing wrong with it but it just didn't match the artwork that was getting put in and yeah so i contacted Sagittarius Science, I say, I don't know if you've heard of us, SPVFA, um, would you be interested in us supplying you with some photography? And uh, they were very uh, sort of, oh, um, well, send us some stuff and we'll, we'll see what it is. And they put some of our stuff in the first magazine. And then after that, they were like, uh, would you like to be a manager? And uh, would you like to do all our <laughs> photography? <laughs> and that's uh, ever since mm. uh, 
SPVFA being the sole providers of the, the photography. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, everybody check out the, the in the show notes. We'll have the links and all of the information for Orange Phoenix to check out his work, to check out the SPVFA, to check out SAG-Eye, to check them out on Twitter and whatnot. Uh, and Orange, why don't you hang out with us as we go through our little drunken tour through the galaxy, all right? I'd love to. Beautiful. All right. Let's get started with the Dark Wheel update. Right off the bat, I'm going to go ahead and make an announcement that uh, there's a new squadron in the galaxy, and it's called the Black Sky Legion. Anyone who is interested in joining, uh, the squadron code is BSL1. So many people kept asking and asking, what do you know? Hey, do you guys have an official squadron? Do you this, that, and the other? And for a long time, I sat back and said, like, well, we'll just chill. Let people join this one or that one or whatever. Just kind of do whatever. I want to make it very clear. No one, I'm not saying, like, oh, you have to join this squadron to be a part of the project. There's tons of people in the project that are in lots of other squadrons, and that's fantastic. You have fun with that and keep doing whatever. But anybody who's interested, who's on the PC, and wants to join the official Black Sky Legion squad, just check out BSL1, send in an app, somebody will talk to you and get you sorted. Um, so, right off the bat, we've got, we expanded into Wolf 433 this week. We've landed in there. We're in an invasion war. We're doing well. In addition, we have pushed uh, Pralak back into expansion. We're uh, at 77.3% influence as of today. So we will be, as soon as the debuff wears off, you know, tomorrow it should be that it lets us go back into pending expansion and we will keep rolling with this. Um, we're making some changes with regard to planning we have a bunch of people on the planning committee i think uh we we wore out poor uh uh micah misha i don't m-i-c-h-a i'm i'm never sure micah or misha maverick he, he needed to take a break uh he just burned out from constantly managing the whole uh expansion cube or whatever uh, we've got uh, plans in place. We have people that are doing the monitoring for the cube. And we are going to work out who is going to sort of be delegating the orders uh, for for now. Uh, I am working with uh, my XO for the Black Sky Legion, uh, Wolf Dragon. And we're relaying both the orders to the general orders, the uh, forums the rabbit hamsters and the uh black sky legion uh i kind of want to work out to spread that out a little bit so that we don't end up burning out um poor wolf uh dragon who is as i as i speak i believe enjoying listening to us from his brand new hot tub very chilled out at the moment but we want to make sure that we don't burn him out as well so we're, we're working out the details. We'll get back to you shortly. But in the meantime, everything is covered. Things are going well. Uh, the orders, the general orders for anybody that wants to help out is uh, get involved on the invasion in Wolf 433 uh, and help climb in Lave. We're uh, 
you know, we're doing our thing. We're getting it done. So pick either one of those. If you want to do some more pew pews or if you want to do some missions, do one of the two and, and things are going well. In the meantime, we are, like I said, going to go pending expansion tomorrow and we'll deal with that in the background on, on the expansion cube and whatnot. All right. Uh, I want to link another thing. Um, <clears throat> go ahead, Arson, and throw it up on the screen. It's going to be so zoomed out that it's going to be more or less unintelligible. But there is a link to the show notes to that, which I am lovingly referring to as the murder board. If everybody's seen that, you know, the gif of Charlie Day looking at the the board and trying to make sense of stuff. That is more information than you ever wanted to know about Raxla, including references to real life stuff within Greek mythology, references to the books, references to old elite stuff, references to in-game lore that's found in beacons here and there or whatever. That is a board that will make your head explode. Anybody who really wants to go balls deep into Raxla stuff, that what you're seeing on the screen, you're not going to be able to make heads or tails of, but go to the show notes and take a look and you'll be able to get lost in a rabbit hole for hours and hours and hours. I strongly guarantee you use the buddy method, tell a friend you're going in. And if you don't come out within four or five hours, have them drag you out and get you a beer because you'll need it. All right. Arson, why don't you tell us a little bit about the uh, Reddit suggestion for removing clutter? So there was a lovely little post made today with this uh, concept art of basically collapsing all of the carriers in orbit of a body into one icon. And then I assume that the concept is you click the icon and it expands it if you want to look at the carriers in there. Um, but the before is having 500 carriers in a list and the next is having one little carrier icon which would cause your galaxy map to shrink dramatically. Uh, it's a very good suggestion, very worth highlighting. Please, Lord Frontier, I want these posts about, oh my mm. god, the, ga the system map is unreadable, off of the forum feeds. Fix this. <laughs> yes. I put that into the show notes today, and uh, I saw that, and I was like, this is brilliant. The guy... What, he, what he's calling it is carrier groups. So you would have, you know, four or five carrier groups around the various bodies instead of hundreds of carriers going lines down, lines left, lines right. And as you can see from the picture right there, the carrier group looks just like the carrier symbol, but it has the three sort of a, a, a circle around it that's broken up into three lines with a little plus symbol. If you really want to go look, you do it. If not, whatever. It's all good. Roy, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Operation Ida's third holiday hall? Yeah, they're uh, once again hosting their annual holiday hall event. Uh, for those who don't know, Operation Ida was formed in response to Thargoid attacks on numerous stations, and they collectively worked around the clock to repair what was an ever-growing list of damaged stations. You can learn more about them at OperationIda.com. And beginning Friday, December 11th through Sunday, January 3rd, you can join them as they once again do the Holiday Hall. Uh, mainly on weekends, they're going to plan to host various fun events and games to engage pilots, hold prize giveaways, and uh, as they say, offer a standard dose of our signature Operation Ida silliness. Uh, they have a Discord server that we can put a link to that is going to be updated with the actual times and dates of the events. And as they've done in previous years, they're going to be raising money for a charity as, as a primary part of it. This year, they're going to be raising for Doctors Without Borders. 
Absolutely. We have the link to the GoFundMe uh, on the in the show notes, and you can go check it out. Tweet. Tell us about the fuel rats. Yeah, the fuel rats are at it again. Heads up to all you creative commanders out there. The fuel rats are about to hit the incredible and absolutely most epic number of 100,000 successfully rescued commanders of Elite Dangerous. That's a lot of people that forgot their fuel scoops. <laughs> to properly prepare for that great event, the Fuel Rat Artist Collective calls for 100,000 rescues event poster contest. Frontier has promised a real-world HOTAS controller for the winner. Second and third place are going to get community packs. You are welcome to submit your poster to the contest by sending it to the Fuel Rats Artist Collective. Deadline will be the day they hit 100,000 rescues or December 24th, whichever happens first. The guidelines and details of the contest are are available on the website, and, and we'll have that in the show notes as well. So pretty cool stuff from the Fuel Rats. Congrats to them. Absolutely. And the prize there is a Thrustmaster Hotas. Uh, Orange, Phoenix, I know you got something about that. Yeah. I would definitely recommend as many people get into this one. I've already entered. <laughs> I found out about it today and I've already made something and put it in. I would highly recommend people go in for this one because it's going to be a really good fun. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I, I can't wait for it as well. And and let's also, let's, I mean, okay, yes, the poster contest is awesome, but let's not lose sight of the fact that the larger picture here is what is the poster contest about? It's celebrating a hundred thousand rescues. Holy shit. You guys, big, big, big salute to all of the fuel rats, like all past and present, because people kind of drift in and out of it and whatnot. And just the 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 overall legacy of the fuel rats in the game of Elite Dangerous is is one that is i can't think of too many other games like what other mmos can we think of there's nothing like this in world of warcraft i can't think of anything like this in in eve i can't think of anything not in albion not in final fantasy a group that dedicates their time to just rescuing people who are stuck it's it's a beautiful beautiful thing and i guess going from the most beautiful of people to the other end of the spectrum, hey Arson, why don't you tell us about some uh, Sir Gangsalot shit? Yeah, so uh, the Gankers are running an open PvP event. Uh, I only bother to mention it because you can win a free copy of Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, that said, uh, this is a ganking event tomorrow, Saturday, the December 5th at 1900 UTC. Sir Gangsalot will be flying around between Santu and Ark until someone kills him with an escort wing. Uh, he will be in a wing of four. Uh, I would fully expect there to be gankers everywhere. Uh, but if you want to try your shot, you might get a free copy of the game. But I wouldn't expect much. Uh, in other related news, uh, survey says, stay the fuck out of Sand 2 to Ark tomorrow. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. There was an interesting Reddit thread that I want to point out that shows where there's a new maximum possible value 
for uh, a, a load of uh, tested uh, commodities. So it shows that the theoretical maximum price for the minerals were topped by Alexandrite for 2,171,187 a ton. Uh, Monazine for 2,009,220. Is that Monazine or Monazite? I thought it was always Zite. Hmm. Uh, whatever. Uh, and Muscovite for 1.985 million. Now, just the fact that I'm like tripping over the names of these tells you something like this is all shit that's been on everybody's ignore list since the beginning of the game and and just to clarify what we're talking about here is when you own a fleet carrier you can put in buy and sell orders for stuff and there's a high cap for the maximum amount that you can buy and sell for and a low cap for the minimum amount the high cap is 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 such that it's based on all of these are based on the perceived value of the mineral itself and the fact that the highest that you can set the prices for on a fleet carrier tells us because the, the prices of the actual commodity fluctuate they go up and down you go to buy here you go to sell there oh over here they have this system state that's offering more or over here they have this they have that but based on the fact that the highest you can possibly set for are these, that's telling you that on the back end, according to Frontier's metrics, these are the most valuable minerals out there. As opposed to the old Holy Trinity, which is Paynite, which is going listed, the max you can sell it for on a, on a fleet carrier is just 529,850. Void Opals for 1.3 million. And low temperature diamonds for 1,062,000. So we're going to have to see, as we've said already, we said last week when they started the, the changes on, on, on uh, actually we said two weeks ago before they even started the mining changes, it's going to take a month or so for this to play out for us to have a really good idea of where these values are all set. But the fact that fleet carriers are hard-coded to have these set values shows that According to the back-end metrics, Frontier is saying there's a new Holy Trinity. Obviously, as the pulse wave analyzer is broke, nobody really knows how that's going to play out on credits per hour or whatever because, you know, it's a shit show with, with subsurfaced and, and core mining. But as that gets resolved, we'll have to see how that plays out because there's different stuff of value. And that takes us to Frontier News. So let's start right off the bat with the combat balance adjustment. <laughs> they made the first adjustment. Uh, as everyone I'm sure knows, they said that, you know, you can expect that bounty hunting. So that's bounties only. This is We're not talking about Thargoid combat. We are not talking about uh, conflict zones. What we're talking about is bounties and single player massacre and assassination missions. The single player massacre and assassination missions they said are playing paying out at approximately double. They said that the bounties are going to be anywhere from 400% to 1000%. And it's just a matter of you know the the lower end ones are going to be raised by the 10 times the higher end ones are going to be about, you know, 
four times as much, but in, in that range. We will see how they play out. Obviously, it made a huge difference with regard to last week's uh, community goal. And uh, Orange, I know you had a thought on that. Well, I went out with a bunch of buddies uh, just after it dropped. And there was three of us in the wing. Mm -hmm. And after half an hour, we'd made 20 million. And yeah, it was a very lucrative day. They have made a massive difference on something that is needed addressed for a very long time. Absolutely. And certainly seems positive. Um, I'm interested to see what they do with the conflict zone one. Um, mm -hmm. Because you could go a number of routes with that. You know, you're technically military. So will you get the exorbitant payouts being military, fighting for a, a cause, so to speak? Um, and AX combat, although the payouts for interceptors are good, scouts is pathetic. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, very interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, the scouts are 10000 a pop, and the interceptors pay out well, but the risk-to-reward ratio is high. Um, I do know that they've said that uh, Frontier said that they definitely do want to tweak the combat zone uh, balance, uh, the, the the conflict zone, uh, such that they take into account the fact that conflict zone is the hardest PVE non-AX combat content out there. So I would think that we're going to see even higher tweaks to that as it progresses. Tweaked, I know you had a, a statement. Yeah, I was going to say something similar. I was out bounty hunting by myself, and I made about $25 million in about 45 minutes or so, which is pretty good. I mean, that's that's a full week of upkeep for my fleet carrier, really. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge improvement. The, uh, the, the single missions, they're a little bit better. I wouldn't say they're spectacular. I would say they said they weren't going to look at wing missions right now, and I agree. The wing missions do pay well. The oh, yeah. one thing I've found over the last year is they're not as prevalent as they used to be. A lot of times when I'm running CZs, I'll go to the mission board and I'll have to wait three, four different board flips before a wing mission will show up to go out to the CZs and, and have a wing massacre mission. So I wish they were a little more frequent with those. Hmm. But I'm, I am definitely looking forward to the axe improvement and the CZ improvement and see what happens there. So definitely happy with the combat buff. It was a long time coming and much needed. Arson, you had a point on the future combat CZs? Yeah, so I was thinking about it yesterday. Uh, somebody said something on the Discord in one of the discussion channels for Elite Week, and I, I thought about it, and I was like, you know, I worry about CZs paying too much if they if their difficulty remains where they are right now, to the point where people just forgo hazrezing and go to CZs, and you potentially cause a bunch of people that actually don't care about BGS just, oh, there's a CZ, I'm going to go make some credits. You know, get the whole fifth column effect that power play experiences. And that might not necessarily be a bad thing, but I kind of hope Frontier thinks about that. I think the I, I agree with you that that's definitely a concern that they have to balance. I think that the thing that will maybe help to mitigate that is the fact that the people that don't give a shit at all about the actual conflict are statistically pretty likely to, you know, flip a coin and they'll be on this side or that side and not even care. So, I mean, that's one thing that could help mitigate that. Orange Phoenix. 
Yeah, um, I don't know if they've tweaked more than just the uh, cost, the, the payouts, because a friend of mine was out doing assassination missions on his own and came into a situation where he was spawned with three vets hmm. all in the one instance. Now, I've personally never seen that before. There's normally the main ship and then something else afterward, but that's that's new uh, to me. I have sort of seen that not too not too long ago, and I think that it's a side effect of another issue that we're having. Right now, let's keep in mind the fact that the, the numbers are the highest, I think, that Frontiers ever, I mean, like, literally last week was the highest, con, uh, what is it, continuous, contiguous, whatever, player count uh, ever in the history of the game. And it's, we're, we're experiencing a lot right now, and I, I'm noticing that we're having these weird little bugs and glitches. I had one that came in where I had an assassination mission to kill... I forget the guy's name. Let's just call him Commander X. Or not, he wasn't a commander. He wasn't a player. But I had an assassination mission to kill NPC X. I jumped in and started killing him. And I shit you not, as I was killing him, two more of him jumped in, spaced out in about 30 seconds. So it was it was NPC X. And as I got the guy's shields to half down, another vet hopped in that was NPC X. It was, the same, it was a, 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 a twin. And then as the first one exploded and I switched to the second target, the third one, that was NPCX. So now they're triplets. We're, we're dealing with somebody went into Tiorge and let loose a lot of clones because shit got weird. And I think that we're seeing some weird glitchiness with stuff like that. Um, Tweaked, you had a, a thought on that? Yeah, sometimes I know we found too, if you have a bunch of single assassination missions all in one system and you drop in one instance, a lot of times the other ones will drop in there with you and you'll end up with three or three vets and whatever in there attacking you at the same time. So don't know if that was necessarily what happened in that particular instance, but I have seen that happen quite a bit. I've seen it before where you get a, like you just said, you get, you know, kill Frank, Larry and Mo, you jump in uh, on Frank and then Larry and Mo pop in on you as well. And I love those because it's like, oh shit, I don't even have to chase the rest of you down. I'll just pop yeah, you right. That's <laughs> Bring great. me all those tasty mats. <laughs> right on. Uh, Orange Phoenix, I know you wanted to make a shout out. The guy from your stories in the chat. Shout him out. Yeah, Tolak, who's uh, one of the uh, admins at SPVFA. Um, it was actually him that told me about it and he said in chat there that it was a pirate lord assassination and it was a wing of three vets. Uh, that you encountered oh okay so that's not that's not triplets that's literally intended that's cool i yeah, dig that I've, I've i've had the the multiple you know spawning of the same npc mm -hmm. before. um but yeah the way he was talking about this it was very much supposed to be that way the way mm. the game was concerned right on well that's cool let's look into that all right next up we've got newsletter 307 sorry let me just crack this real quick uh game balance part two they talk about the combat the ama they talk about the reddit 250,000. the halsey's ir seal ir seal irc that we told you about last week uh the fuel rats that we just talked about the live streams that we're going to get to galnet that we're going to get to and the cutter emissary paint jobs uh, this actually, the, the newsletter had a lot of good stuff. It's just everything we've, we've already hit or are hitting. So it, it you know, I don't want to sound flippant, but like, there's not anything to add that we're not already telling you about other than that paint job. So now, you know, 
All right, let's move on to the streams. Right off the bat, we've got Tuesday's Super Cruise News 15 uh, featuring Bruce and uh, CM Bruce and CM Steven. Uh, right away, they talked about the combat rebalance, um, that NPC bounties are now four to ten times as much. That I want to just say there's been some, I've seen some things, and, and uh, right off the bat, I want to say this, fantastic step this is great i'm all in favor of it good stuff big salute i have seen some things where people have said i'm not seeing four times to ten times as much i'm seeing two times to three times i'm seeing three times to five times and just to clarify this is these are from people that know that the, the information that shows up on your top right on the screen is wrong that you actually have to look at the transactions and they're looking at the transactions and they're saying that in some of the cases it might be the four to 10 times as much in other cases might be a little bit different. Uh, we know frontier is going to keep tweaking it, but overall we're liking what we're seeing. Uh, the next stream was Thursdays, which was fight or flight art, uh, community manager, art lead community manager, rather art community manager, Steven and guest salty singularity, uh, Twitch streamer, uh, were on. And there were a couple of interesting things that were discussed there where we're going to play you some clips from. The first is, uh, they said, multi-crew is getting attention in the next dev diary, which is the sphere of combat, which was a surprise. That That's a little, uh, that's not what people were expecting. Uh, play the clip, Arson. Physically be in your ship. Um, we are looking at uh, advancements to multi-crew and how that's going to work. I don't want to go too much into Odyssey because I'm trying to get some some concrete answers for everyone to put out on a forum so people don't, because rightly so, people get angry when I mention stuff on, online and I don't put it on the forum. So, um, But yes, multi-crew is, is, is seeing um, some love and attention um, and I'm hoping to get some info out on that sort of very soon for everyone. And we also have a new dev diary in December, which will go into not so much uh, multi-crew, but it's more based around the, the sphere of combat. Um, so I had a lot of fun actually interviewing the devs for that dev diary so it's just being edited as we speak uh when i get a date for it i'll let people know but obviously you can imagine that things being the way they are it's made general life very difficult for the devs just to do everything um what was really an easy task before is now super super difficult um so yeah yeah i'm i'm sorry for game developers pretty much and also we had uh, in that same stream, there was a second reference to the fact that there will be a Christmas stream. It will have Twitch drops. It will be on December 17th. Those Twitch drops will include both the original purple paint job, whatever, and other stuff that he'll he's, you know, saying that people will be excited for. Go ahead and play that one, Arson. Um, so um, we'll be at Twitch drop again. So the purple set will be coming uh, at Christmas um, and our Christmas stream is going to be the 17th. So our next Twitch drop will be the 17th. However, okay. I'm going to I'm going to say this and it's it's not exclusive to what we're going to give away as well on Twitch. It's not going to be an exclusive item. It'll be something that's from the shop. But we do have something Christmas as well to give away as a drop. Um, so we will be doing that also on the 17th. So we will try and make the messaging as clear as possible. I get Okay. So, yeah, so we got that to look forward to. I, I was telling everybody, yeah, the, the Christmas one is going to be December 17th. Now we have absolute confirmation of it. 
All right, so next up we go to the forum posts. Very first thing was the forum post on uh, game balancing part two, bounty and massacre payout increases. We already discussed that. After that was the AMA2 question boogaloo with Arthur, Bruce, Stephen, and Paul. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, after that was the uh, Reddit summation of the AMA. You want to go ahead and throw that up on the screen there, Arson? Nope, not that one. The Reddit summation of the AMA. Oops, one sec. That one was not actually ready. No worries. It's Reddit put out a funny little cartoon of, you know, the AMA that didn't sort of answer the A's from the A. Uh, so, yeah, we can just skip that. Um, so right off the bat with regard to do we have that that we're going to get to separately now we're going to you know what let's just do the AMA now so let's go through the AMA and look at it uh, I posted uh, a link with all of the information if you're in the Elite Week Discord you see all this stuff already but um, you know we go through and pull out each of the points there's your yeah there's a little cartoon uh of basically saying we have an AMA where people ask stuff and then don't get answers. I posted every last, I pulled every last one of the actual responses and things in the AMA. And then I filtered out all of them that uh, basically didn't include some variation of we'll look into this or watch this space or I'll pass that along or hey, that's great feedback. Uh, and filtered it down to what was actually telling us something new that we didn't already know and came across there was one, two, three, four, five posts and something from somebody that was a commander that noticed something that we'll, we'll talk about here briefly. So the very first thing was, uh, and this was, we, we just talked about it from the, the, the uh, live stream on Thursday, but this was posted in the AMA on Wednesday. Uh, Dev Diary 3 is later this month and will be combat focused, which is interesting because when we previously looked through it all, they did, you know, first number one, which was just like giant leap. Number two was choose your path. Number three on the list was uh, assemble your crew. And number four was sphere of combat. But apparently they're mixing it up and they're going to do one, two, four, three in that order. So. Sphere of Combat coming in December. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, look for that next week. So just because of reasons, look for it next week. All right. Next up uh, was a possible accidental lore bomb by community manager Bruce, uh, who he said with regard to the Thargoid question, and that's the one that you posted earlier, you can throw back up on the screen. Someone asked, is Cole 70 the Thargoid bubble space, meaning their home? And Bruce responded, not as such. The Thargoid seem to inhabit which space by means unavailable, unknown to humanity. Now, right off the bat, I'll say this. When you say, not as such. You're basically saying that they are in the Cole 70 sector, because otherwise 
you would just say like, no, like they're, they're not as such to me indicates, yes, they're there, which everyone's long suspected, but this is the first time I've seen Frontier officially state it. And then the fact, again, that there, he seems to be indicating, yeah, and which space is their origination, their point of origination, which, again, long suspected, but this seems to be sort of saying outright. Um, all right, next up comes my question, which I could tell you right now clearly pissed off the community management team. And uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't mind because the fact of the matter is, is I messaged community manager art with my question the day before the AMA and said, Hey, look, I'm going to ask this tomorrow in the AMA. I don't want to uh, embarrass you guys or whatever. If, if, if it can be avoided, if you give me your word that you're looking into it and give us some substance, substantive, you know, answer on this, I can let it go. I won't I won't post it. If you just ask me, hey, don't post this, I won't post it. I didn't hear back from them. The next day, the AMA came up and they posted on their AMA sort of primer. When they started it, they posted a thing saying, hey, we know about the pulse wave analyzer. Uh, we're aware. We're looking into it. Now, substantively, that sort of does not in any way address my question, because my question was basically pointing out the fact that literally we're 87 days in on this thing as of, you know, we're, we're literally like three or four days away from being in month four of this being an issue. And this is not a small, weird, minuscule issue in the game. This is, let's be honest. Mining is the single biggest credit earner in this game. And they just, with the changes they just made, they made it even stronger in favor of the fact that core mining, subsurface deposit mining is clearly the most lucrative method of mining or would be if the pulse wave analyzer worked. Since it didn't, and we're going into month four of this, we're sort of owed a better answer than we'll look into it. Like we'll look into it. Okay. That's okay for a couple weeks. This is month four. We're literally at the point where we're, we're like, you know, 10 days away from being a hundred days in on this thing. So I, I asked the question and if they're angry about it, so be it. I'm still, I, I love frontier and I will be the first to challenge anybody who is talking shit without reason. But at the same time, there definitely needs to be room for legitimate, uh, how do you say it, critique uh, and, 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 and holding it up to them to say like, hey, this deserves a better answer by now. So constructive criticism. There you go. Not being shitty with it, being respectful. And I feel like my question was respectfully stated. But, but still stating it nonetheless. I'm not going to walk away from it because you don't want to hear it. You need to hear it. Uh, and in addition to that, honestly, in him being pissed off and typing off an answer back to me, we did get some in legitimate information we didn't have before. His response, Kai, we've answered the PWA question in our opening post. However, I will answer it again here for you, dot, dot, dot. The team and I are acutely, in bold, aware of the pulse wave analyzer issue 
and the justified frustration this causes our players. We have been raising it with the dev team, who are currently working hard trying to establish what has gone wrong and why. So he's saying there, we don't know what's wrong. Please bear in mind that this is an incredibly busy time for them, and they are also hampered by working from home, which despite the best efforts of everyone involved does affect the collaborative effort in solving problems. 100%, I get that. My first question there was, what exactly is the issue causing the error? His answer, I don't know what is causing the issues. 87 days in, that's a little worrying. My second question, as it was broken in a patch that included no notes on a change to the pulse wave analyzer, how and why was it adjusted? His answer? There were no notes on it because there was no intention to alter it. So this isn't a question of somebody accidentally made a bad adjustment to the pulse wave analyzer that, you know, whatever. This was something else on the back end that isn't even the pulse wave analyzer caused something to break, which... That is new information that we did not have before. If anybody knows of where that information was was delivered before, please let me know because I wasn't aware of it and I've been looking. And lastly, my question uh, was, uh, let's see here, sorry. My last question was, <clears throat> how did you expect to rebalance mining last week with meaningful data on players' behavior Pulse wave analyzer was broken, removing two thirds of the mining game loops from proper activity. Uh, to which the response was, uh, the rebalance used historical data as well as current. As was stipulated, this is an ongoing process which we will refine as required. Now, if you can explain to me how you use, uh, when, when they said on here, their statement was that they would, quote, monitor activity to make iterative changes. Somehow that is, quote, using historical data. If you can explain to me how you use historical data to make ongoing iterative changes, I would be very interested to hear that. The next post for the AMA was, uh, let's see here. This would be a major BGS uh, piece of information, except for the BGS. Apparently, the BGS uh, group uh, have already sort of debunked it. Uh, they're talking about faction states. Uh, and according to Vortex, the BGS group looked into it and said that, that this is not accurate information. So we'll we'll wait to see back on this further. And the last piece of actual information that came from devs is um, that uh, with the question, with the combat balances happening, can we expect changes to the anti-Xeno and combat bonds to come next week? They've already had, had said that, you know, oh, that's going to be coming later. But specifically what's new here is they said in response, the specifics... We'll need to wait until it's announced expected at the end of this week, which already happened, so it's not the end of this week, or early next. So expect early next week to get some information on that. And they said, but those are both recognized as high priority features within combat. And the last thing that came from this AMA that was, was newsworthy did not come from the community management team, but rather came from uh, a player named... Howard Opato, Howard the Duck, 
who said, uh, ¿Qué está haciendo uh, a sombras de guerra? He's talking about, there's a picture uh, where it says, like, what is this thing here? Uh, and he circled it. And we're going to explain to you in just a moment what what that's all about. But let me get back to the notes because we're done with that little section. And that takes us to, that handles the AMA, uh, which takes us to, uh, let's see here, Arson, why don't you hit up the uh, Dominic uh, uh, Corner, uh, clarified ranks uh, rank effects on missions. Yeah, so there was recently a uh, forum thread that was posted for suggestions and feedback that was referring to uh, you know, with all the balance changes, is it a good time to go ahead and lock the mission ranks, uh, submissions so you can't accept things outside your rank? And uh, Dominic uh, went ahead and commented in the thread and clarified some things about mission runnings uh, that's been in place since uh, the 2.1 update. Uh, and those things are that rewards are scaled by the mission rank. Uh, you can only see or accept missions a few ranks below or above your current rank. And the 2.1 update removed the physical gating mechanic of mission locking. And if you can't accept it based on rank, you can't see it. And this is a moving window of rank centered around your current rank. How it worked before the 2.1 patch was that all missions that were available to uh, be selected, regardless if you could accept them or not, were displayed. Uh, some people found that frustrating, uh, not being able to accept things they could see. Uh, so they went ahead and took out that uh, visibility into what you can actually do. Uh, on top of that, there is also a couple of missions, he used the word couple, I found that interesting, of missions that only generate at elite rank. Uh, each mission template, such as combat, exploration, trade, and collect, scale to their respective combat ranks visible in the mission details. Uh, what this means is that uh, if combat enemies are spawned by a mission, will have a combat rank based on the rank requirement of the mission. So if you have a a trade elite mission, but you are uh, harmless in combat, it is going to spawn uh, elite enemies based off of that trade rank for the mission. Right on. All right. So that takes us to the Galnet News articles. Uh, we had, uh, let's see here, what do we have? Four this week. So we've got uh, first on November 30th, bounty voucher boost to increase local security. This is basically uh in lore uh justification for the uh combat you know bounty adjustment that we've just been talking about which is very very cool that they put that in lore i dig that on december 1st there was lacon spaceways rejecting the core dynamics bid um thank god for that we'll see how the story progresses though because there was some stuff in there where they were saying like oh that lacon has some weaknesses at the moment and it's sort of uh profit and loss statements or whatever so we'll see what's going to happen with that and we'll see i i fully expect that we might hear that you know other companies maybe some gudamaya type uh wooing of lake Han, and it'll be interesting to see how that story plays out and where it goes um obviously lake Han has strong ties to the alliance and obviously right now the feds and the imps aren't happy with each other so we'll see on December 3rd, the Capital Ship Construction Initiative concludes. Now, this one's super, super interesting, and here's why. Um, there's nine more 
Capital ships added to the galaxy, five for the Federation, Farragut-class battlecruisers, and four for the Empire, uh, Majestic-class interdictors. Um, buried within this Galnet article, there's a couple of very, very interesting points that I want to highlight. The first is, listen to the wording at the end of that Galnet article. Read it carefully. It says, as well as capital ships, Federal Congress and the Imperial Senate have both increased funding for other military operations, including support vessels and ground forces. Right off the bat, you know, ground forces, you know they're talking about Odyssey and support vessels. If they're increasing funding for support vessels, that could mean just churning out more ships or that could mean hinting at new ships that are coming in Odyssey, which is super exciting. And speaking of new stuff that's coming in Odyssey, how about we take a look at... Ooh. All right. How about we take a look at the fact that, uh, yeah, right there, Arson's got got it up. There is a, uh, and I want to give a huge, huge, not only to that guy in the forum thread uh, in the AMA who pointed it out, but also to uh, <clears throat> the Burr Pit today for their Witch Space News, who talked about it even further. Uh, their son had picked out the actual uh, um, link for the website that shows let's see here uh it's called the exopod and it's on art station so if you go to art station and we have the link in the show notes you will see this exopod uh why don't you scroll through the other images of it uh arson where they show like the the different configurations of it working or we can jump right to that so there is <laughs> there's a, a bunch of different configurations on the website on uh on uh art station but this is not just concept art this is in the elite dangerous canon this is part of our uh uh galaxy now because there you will see a picture of the empire construction from the galnet article which clearly shows that exopod working away and building new interdictors and then the other image that they showed for the federation side shows the uh the exopod working on the uh Farragut battlecruisers. So this is not just um this is not just concept art on a website. This is now in the Elite Dangerous Galaxy. And I'm super, super excited by this little exopod ship because if you go to that uh art station website and you click on it, there's lots of neat little different configurations where that ship is used for sort of everything from from like different types of construction things to different it looks like it could be used as a salvage vehicle or a miner or just all kinds of stuff totally totally interesting um how about we go through uh and just get everybody's opinion on this new little exopod this new little sort of ship yeah there you go arson's got the configurations up showing different things you can do with it and the guy the artwork there the guy climbing into one and whatnot uh why don't we start with roy what do you think about this thing so is the thought that this is like a space srv or something like a yeah. player flyable ship i mean that's what it looks like according to this concept art and and i wouldn't be surprised at all to see this 
you know, yes, it's flying in space, but I don't think we're getting EVAs or anything, at least in the start of uh, of uh, Odyssey. I think that, but I could definitely see this being a little hover SUV work type truck that you use when you're scavenging uh, wrecks or going to all different kinds of places. Tweaked, why don't you hop in on this? I, I just think this is crazy how people are sleeping on this stuff. Not only do we have a, a neat little exopod type thing in the pictures that were right in front of us, how FDEF's just so sneaky, but then ground forces, additional ground forces, we don't even have Odyssey yet, and they're already setting the plate for that. I am psyched with how they're doing this stuff. This is exciting stuff. Absolutely. Uh, and Arson, what do you think? I'm quite excited about it. I'm actually trying to find a copy of the other concept art for it uh, that we had saw. It was literally looked like the SRV cockpit um, that had just like two little pea shooters, but that was it. Yep. I, I feel like uh, this this little exopod is essentially our updated. That. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I'm not gonna lie, the other one I I would have totally took it. This is so much cooler. It makes me think of Babylon 5 a little bit. Uh, I don't know why Bab 5, but I love the look of it, and I really want to fly it. Oh, yeah. I could totally see the dock workers on one of those. Orange Phoenix, what do you think about this little scooter, Jabby? This little exopod. Yeah, very cool. Um, I'll be honest, I don't get my hopes up with these things. I learned to do that a long time ago. But uh, from what I've seen, it looks very cool. And yeah, with that sort of mining pod, I think it was termed, that was found mm. previously. Yeah, I would agree that this is the new rendition of that. And I, I, I would love to see... I, I, I mean, as was discussed in the... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, live stream on Thursday they literally asked him hey what do you uh, think about these uh srvs new srv things or whatever and art was just like on pain of death i cannot talk about the srv stuff yet uh, okay yet okay. yeah okay cool it's coming something uh i would love to see these i would love to see like i said a big dump truck type thing i would love to see a little speeder bike jobby I would love to see a, a tank type, you know, or, uh, you know, troop carrier. This is there's so much. But the fact that they literally just threw this in in the artwork of one of the Galnet articles, it lets everybody know, like, hey, be awake, pay attention. Shit's coming. Uh, don't 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 miss on stuff. And, and, and when you find it, come talk to us about it on the Elite Week Discord, because, A, we want to keep everything in mind so we can be the ones to tell you about it and B, yeah, we just like cool shit, so come come talk to us about it. Um, all right. So the the last Galnet article was Explorers Needed for Colsack Nebula Project. And this is Ooh, okay. Terraforming Ammonia Worlds. What could possibly go wrong, right? Like me as a player. This is awesome. Bring on the Thargoid War. Me, if I was in universe, this is a really bad idea, guys. 
So let's continue. If that sounds familiar, it's because you heard me say it last week about the whole CG to, or not CG, but the mission, the ongoing mission to just bring as many uh, mangled uh, Thargoid parts as you can in for, for extra loot. Now, this thing here, there's, there's several points about this CG that we should probably address. Number one, there's Spanch already has out the Ammonia Finder, which we have a link in the in the show notes that you can click on and just go jump Ammonia World to Ammonia World, put in your route and get it done. Reddit's got an Ammonia World list link, which we have in the show notes, and you can look into that. In addition, um, it's a little... How do I put this? It's... It's undefined what exactly the reward for this thing is. Like, we know for sure, okay, if we hit this tier, we'll get this long of this or this long of that. Like, as we hit all of the tiers, tier one is standard payout, tier two. I don't understand how tier one is standard payout. Like, wouldn't that be tier zero? Like, it's not like we're going to lose, whatever. Uh, tier two is one week at double the standard payout. Tier three is one week at three times the payout. Tier four is two weeks at three times the payout. Tier five is two weeks at four times the payout. What I mean is, in that case, two weeks, the following two weeks after the CG successfully completes, you would get four times the payout for your cartographic data. I'm assuming that that's just at serious atmospherics will increase, but... Uh, uh, I don't know for sure. Previously, when they've done stuff where they say like, oh, you'll get uh, uh, ships at this at this rate or this, you know, for 30% off or whatever, you can kind of get it everywhere. So I, I want to see that defined. I, let's assume now just to be safe that they're talking about that you'll only get that bonus from Sirius Atmospherics because that's what was stated, even though it's a little questionable. But the second part of this prize is <clears throat> the top 75% of participants will receive a double engineered detailed surface scanner with double the amount of probe radius. Now, actually, I think it just said a highly engineered with double the amount of probe radius, which is a big question mark because you can look around and find people arguing, saying that a standard uh, fully engineered grade five DSS is 30% extra. And some people will say that it's 50% extra. And then people are questioning, what are they offering here? Are they offering just a fully engineered one? Or are they offering one that's double the 30%, so a 60% extra, or double the 50%, so 100% extra? This is massive, massive back and forth. And everyone is arguing and saying they know best. Arson, why don't you tell us your thoughts on this one? I know best. It's 50%. There's only one engineering effect available for the detailed surface scanner. Um, it is. It does cap out at grade 5 at 50%. I believe... So are you saying that this would be the equivalent of a grade 6 at 100%, double that grade 5? Or are you saying that this would be a free grade 5? So they explicitly state it will be double engineered. There's no other recipe or blueprint, rather, for them to combine with it. So it's it's got to be a 100% increase after they've added the stats of both of them. That doesn't have a effect that modifies anything else other than probe radius. So it's it's basically just going to be twice as effective as a fully engineered one. 
which is pretty cool. All right, so there you have it. Um, I've seen some back and forth on that. I would like to see a little more clarification, but yeah, uh, Roy. So I'm I'm playing the CG right now, and and to start it off, um, first I was thrilled that there was an exploration CG. Kudos, yes. great. That's great. Then I, I think that was brought up somewhere before, perhaps. <laughs> that was brought up in Elite Week episode forty-four on October what ninth. We <laughs> talked. We literally had a discussion topic where we said, "Yeah, uh, we should have uh, uh, exploration CG, and we should have this CG and that CG." We went through other lists. We included also stuff like a CQC CG and whatever. So I, w- I would love to see more like this. But yeah, I. I, I We'll just chalk it up to great minds think alike, I suppose. But I, I think the for me, I was trying to figure out how to play this CG for a while. Mm. Um, like, what should I actually be? And I, and I first I thought, well, if I'm actually going to go out, and this was before I saw the Spanish Rider and, and the other things, I'm thinking, you know, I've been on some long expeditions, and I think I've found forty uh, ammonia worlds out of weeks and weeks and weeks of exploration. So, like, that can't be how this is supposed to work because that's. When you look at the tiers, um, like in Inara, of what people have already turned in and kind of where the tiers are, like that doesn't seem to match up. And so it, it can't just be just natural exploration. Then these tools came out. Then it's like, okay, so I'm going to fly around and and so I'm turning in exploration data plus Ammonia Worlds um, to then go back out and do the same thing at a bonus. And no, I don't think that's quite it either. It's it's uh, if you really wanted to min-max this, I think the trick is you're going to go. Th- Schroeder or this Reddit list or whatever, and on your way from each of these points to each other, you're going to find other stuff anyway. So you'll show up to turn in your data, and you'll have a lot of stuff besides the ammonia worlds. I think it's just turning in the ammonia worlds that raises the tiers. So there's no point in turning in, you know, just the systems that have your water worlds or uh, high metal content or whatever. Hang on to those for when the tier when the thing's finished, and you can turn those into a higher higher reward. Yeah, I mean, it, there again, and there's people that are arguing both sides of that. There are people that are saying it's just the ammonia worlds. There are other people that are saying they're getting some stuff well, for other stuff. I, I don't know. It's a small data point, but I turned in a bit of exploration data just when I signed up for it, and I got zero credit for it, and there was no ammonia worlds in it. So maybe there's a – I guess you could say, well, if you turn in a, a system with an ammonia world, maybe you get stuff for the rest of the stuff in the system. But so far, my experience was I got nothing for turning in non-ammonia world exploration data. Right on. I real quick want to take the opportunity to shout out to Use the Force, the PS4 streamer who uh, I guess just just rated us with uh, a couple minutes back, and Commander Vex, who was uh, a ama- uh, Commander Vex. I, I, we've used some of his pictures and called him out before uh, as thumbnails. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal uh, artist within the SPVFA, and uh, Use the Force, a great PS4 streamer. So I just wanted to give a quick quick shout to those guys. Um, Commander Orange Phoenix, tell us what you'd like to see. Well, I don't know how many people have noticed that the Frontier team do state to put in suggestions for CGs. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see a consolidation of commanders come together and brainstorm this. Because you know bless their hearts they do a fantastic job with the cgs they've got this narrative that they're running but they struggle with topics 
mm. you know, uh, exploration or trade or combat. Beyond that, the scope, they, you can tell that they're a bit bogged down. And I think the knowledge of the community could improve that. But if we all just bombard individually this information at them, they're never going to filter through all that, not in time to, to make it, you know, really worthwhile. Mm. So perhaps some sort of a conglomeration of the minds of Elite Dangerous World coming up with uh, a group suggestions for CGs. Absolutely. That sounds awesome. Also, they could listen to, uh, again, to Elite Week episode 44, in which we give them a list of like <laughs> 10 different types of CGs to do. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, Arson. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, there is the the forms for submitting CGs and the whole process they have uh, on their community website for EliteDangerous.com. Mm -hmm. is, is that something like, like what you're interested in or do you want like an well, actual he already he already referenced that oh, that okay. was a thing he was saying we should get together with the group and like present like some form of a committee or something and present like hey man this this and this would be cool gotcha okay yeah, my, my my concern with the way the team uh it's formatted for the team to gain information is flawed hmm. it's um you just look at the bug reports Right, that bug report is a nightmare because it's not configured properly. The idea is good, but you go in there, you've got a particular issue, you're a PS4 or Xbox player, you go in and you try and whittle down what you've got to read through to vote up. Mm -hmm. It's a nightmare, absolute nightmare. If they just categorized it, had somebody that actually made the, the effort to categorize the bug reports they would see a lot more movement on the voting up mm. and that's what they base it around so it's flawed and it seems to be the old style um of formatting mixing with their new style of community uh, relations and you know they've massively improved obviously uh, arthur you know has done a massive improvement mm -hmm. to that but it was starting to improve just before arthur as well which could have been him in the background fair enough but now's the time to start addressing those problems because the tools that they're trying to use to back up what they're doing are broken absolutely all right and we've already covered the ama so that that concludes the frontier news and that takes us to uh the next segment arson and now it's time for Tweet's Tip 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 of the Week. Just a tip. All right. All of you veteran commanders know about the Crystal Shards. And for you new commanders, if you don't know about the Crystal Shards, it is a wonderful best place to go to collect all your grade four raw materials. Grade four, because there are no grade five raw materials. But what a lot of veteran commanders do is they go out there with only one SRV and they land at geological site seven. And then they find out that those uh, crystal trees are on, uh, on the side of a cliff and they get their SRV stuck. And well, 
they can't get free. They do everything. They boost, they jump, they get out, they, they log out, they log back in and they can't get free. So they have to exploticate themselves and boom, they're done collecting and they barely got anything. So please remember when you're going to the crystal shards, take at least two SRVs, if not three. I go out with three myself. Then you can explode one, hop in the other, continue on. Oh, and another little tip, geological site six, almost always the flattest out there. And that's it for this week. Beautiful. And that's obviously coming from a guy with the, he's on the the, the, the consoles. Unfortunately, the consoles aren't uh, able to access the, the trick that, PC players can make. If you get stuck, uh, you can log out, log back in without Horizons, log back in into the non-Horizon set, which is still available, and that'll put your ship in orbit around the planet, and then you log out again and log back into Horizons, and then you can land back on the planet. If you absolutely must and you're on PC, that is a trick that still as of today works. I thought that would be gone when they rolled in Horizons, but Clearly, they were made aware of the fact that it was a concern for people, and they left that as an option. Which brings us to the next segment. Real Life Science. Take it away, Roy. Okay, so let's talk about the Hayabusa mission, Hayabusa 2 specifically. Uh, this is the one that's going to have some uh, really exciting activity this weekend. Uh, so the, just to recap, if you don't remember the first Hayabusa mission, uh, it was a robotic spacecraft developed by the Japan Airspace Exploration Agency, or JAXA, to return a sample of material from a small near-Earth asteroid, uh, Itakawa, uh, for further analysis. It went up on 2003, uh, it landed on 2005, in 2010 it came back with just a tiny, tiny amount. It had a mini-lander on it, which unfortunately failed. Uh, in its in its work. So now we've got Hayabusa 2. It was launched in 2014 uh, to rendezvous with a different asteroid, Ryugu, uh, and it did this um, on, in 2018, and it surveyed for about a year and a half, took samples. This one, though, carried a lot more stuff. Um, in addition to a, a plethora of sensors, it carried four rovers, and three of the four uh, worked perfectly. They, um, two of them... Uh, uh, three of them landed. The fourth one, even though it had a small failure, they were able to uh, kind of repurpose it and have it sort of orbit the asteroid and then crash into it and uh, measure some gravitational effects. One of the really exciting things about this mission, though, was how they gathered their sample. So they, they really wanted to get down deep into the asteroid to get things that hadn't been weathered by traveling through space. So they, they had a kind of a gun that this thing carried up there with a uh, 2.5 kilogram or five and a half pound copper bullet. And they knew that when they shot this thing into the asteroid, a bunch of stuff was going to come out. So what they did is this gun actually detached from the spaceship, then sort of hovered above where they were going to shoot it. Then they flew the ship around to the other side of the asteroid to protect it, fired the gun, fired a marker to so they could figure out where it hit, brought the spaceship back, then landed the spaceship and picked up the sample. So very complex, and it, and it worked. Uh, very exciting stuff. So then um, it's on its way back. It's picked up the materials. It's very close to Earth right now. I think it's actually, let me check the site here, less than a light second away from Earth right now. So it's going to uh, separate a lander, uh, a reentry capsule, if you will, um, that's going to uh, land in the Woomera uh, test range in Australia. 
and that's going to happen tomorrow around noon Eastern time. Uh, JAXA has a live uh, stream they're going to show, and we've got a link for it in the show notes, that's going to start a bit before that, where they're going to show the reentry and, and it landing, and, and uh, hopefully everything goes well for them there. So it's it's going to pop out like a radar reflective parachute, and they, they have a pretty good idea where it's, where it's going to land. It's going to be coming in pretty hot, seven and a half miles a second. And when it lands, they've got a crew that's going to intercept it and actually gather anything that's off-gassing. So this thing's been in space. Uh, when it lands, obviously, it's warming up. There could be volatiles coming off of it, and they've got a team that's immediately going to set up a lab on site, gather those volatiles, and then take it back to JAXA's Extraterrestrial Sample Cur- Curation Center, uh, where international scientists, along with NASA, can can study this. So the other exciting thing is the ship that, you know, detach this capsule it's still in space it's flying around the earth and flying past the earth if you will it has half of its propellant still in it so they're looking at a couple of different extension missions which could have it land at different asteroids in 2026 and 2031 and also uh potentially have a chance to do one of its sort of gravitational assist flybys around venus so that's keep you keep your eyes peeled tomorrow and uh, we hope it we hope it does real well and if you want to log into it check out the link that's very cool. Uh, we have a new Netflix show. I don't know if anybody has heard about out there. It's called Alien Worlds. It's a British sci-fi nature documentary narrated by Sophie Oconito. It's a four-part miniseries depicted by using CGI techniques. What it does is it blends fact with science fiction and conceptualizes what alien life might be like on other planets by applying the laws of life on Earth to the rest of the galaxy. So, so it takes like, you know, okay, our gravity, our atmosphere, it affects our living creatures in this way and that way. And then it goes to the worlds out there. And I think we just lost tweaked. You back tweaked? You might have to disconnect and reconnect. We lost your audio. All right. Well, we'll catch up with tweaked when he gets back. Uh, maybe in the meantime, we move on to the next segment. All right. Um, let's, let's just hit a couple of things. First off, is tweaked back yet? Are you back tweaked? I'm back. I'm here. All right. So, yes, the Netflix show sounds super, super interesting. Go check it out. Uh, It's called Alien Worlds. Uh, I think we'll just call that good. You can see the information there. Go to Netflix. Check it out. With regard to Hayabusa, I want to point out something here. This is a massive. This is the culmination of a mission that's gone on for the better part of half of a decade. It took three and a half years to fly out to that. It was an amazing achievement. They collected samples from from an asteroid that, you know, from from far, far out. They're bringing it back. They've succeeded massively. It's it's literally we're down to the wire of it's happening this weekend. It's happening in, in, you know, a dozen hours. And meanwhile. How many people on this planet even know about this thing? Like we're a bunch of space nerds. When I first saw this story and pointed it out to everybody in the, uh, you know, in the in the show notes and said, hey, when we had the rundown meeting and we discussed this. Nobody had heard about it before. Uh, of the people in the chat, how many people of you, you know, listening had known that, hey, man, this amazing mission, you know, out to visit a, a, a you know a rock from far out in our solar system that is passing by is happening and is you know is is succeeding as we speak literally the culmination of a half a decade of work 
and it's it, it's happening this week. I, I I don't know. I don't want to harp on it too much, but that's just I found yeah, it to be it's amazing stuff, incredible. Um, and there's just so much going on right now that things that are amazing like this can slip through the cracks, which is just absolutely crazy. All right. We, I apologize to everybody about the Yuno Sakashiro mix-up. We will definitely have that fixed for next week, and we will have it ready to play. In the meantime, let's just move on to the discussion topics. The very first discussion topics is the um, community question, whatever, the, 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 the forum post that I made, which is a holistic revamp of the crime and punishment proposal. And the reason for this was many, many fold. Okay. First off, I strongly believe that for the health of the game, there would be a lot of um, reason. There would be a lot of benefit to having more people in open. I'm not trying to take anything away from anyone. I'm not trying to say, you know, let's get rid of open uh, or, or, or solo or private group, not in the slightest, but I do believe that more people doing BGS and power play in open mode is good for the game. I do believe that more people playing in open mode is good for the game. In order for that to happen, we're kind of kind of need um, for some things within the crime and punishment to be addressed. I, I feel that looking in the situation that we have now, we have two groups that are ill served by the current system. The first group are sort of your combat-oriented players, some of whom stick to consensual PvP, some of whom get bored and, uh, you know, stray into the ganking, griefing, whatever side, some of which are straight-up player killers. That's what they like to do, and they, it's not, it has nothing to do with them being bored. This is just what they enjoy doing the other group that is unserved i think by this are the players who are the victim of griefers gankers player killers of all different varieties so i made a suggestion it was a, a forum post with links in the show notes it has lots of information in there and i made it knowing full well that pretty much everyone on every side was going to start off hating it because either you're on the killer side, in which case anything that involves closing your loopholes and punishing you, you're going to hate vehemently. Or you're on the victim side in which anything that sounds like you're giving any kind of benefit to the killers, you're going to be vehemently against from the very, very beginning. But I think that what we sort of need is for both points to for both parties to sort of see the other and find something in the middle um if you don't give killers something to do that is exciting and rewarding for them you cannot be shocked when they're bored and cause mayhem and if you don't give the people that are trying to run missions and do stuff at least some chance. I'm not saying give them safety. This is elite dangerous. This is not elite safe. But if you don't give them at least some chance where they say, if I follow these rules, if I stay to high sex systems, if I do this, if I do that, I have a shot. If they feel like they can arbitrarily 
come and try to engage in the universe and then immediately just get shat on with absolutely no real consequences, you can't be shocked when they say, screw you guys, I'm going home and go back to solo mode. It's just a fact. So why don't we sort of start, I guess, let's just start with uh, Roy. I know you had a quote that you wanted to start this off with or something. Yeah, it's not so much. Uh, I've, I've got other comments and I'll, I'll wait for mm -hmm. others to talk about the specifics of this, but about a topic that's as complex and as difficult as you've pointed out, where it seems like there's a no-win situation, people are going to be upset on either side. What this reminded me of is a quote from uh, actually Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. He's one of the most widely cited United, United States Supreme Court justices in history. And, you know, they've dealt with a lot of complex issues. And he's been quoted as saying, I would not give a fig for the simplicity this side of complexity, but I would give my life for the simplicity on the other side of complexity. And and the point is, it's kind of a a caution to not try to oversimplify a problem or just try to make everybody happy without actually tackling the complexity of the issue. This is a complex issue, and it's actually not going to get solved unless it has a complex solution, I believe. So it's don't 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 try to oversimplify it for expediency, I guess is the point. Right on. Beautiful. Why don't we start with uh, Orange Phoenix? You said you have a question about or a point on new tools. Yeah, but the the, the current system um Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, the current system, I think they went down the right route when they thought it out. You know, having the notoriety added and part of your insurance paid and, you know, that was the right route. But then we went into the doldrums of Elite Dangerous where nothing was really continued. And we've that's now established and they keep changing the goalposts too much in my opinion with this they need to build on what's there and i think you know they could address you know upping the amount of insurance that's paid or um adding uh you know just little tweaks here and there to the existing thing but i think new tools such as for example being able to place a personal bounty within the game if you get ganked by somebody, uh, say three or four times, just trying to get into Shinatra and you're fed up of it, you can actually physically in station place a bounty on that commander of X amount of your money that gets flagged up. That's um, definitely or, an interesting point. Yeah. Or uh, another one I was discussing with friends, you know, as you do when you're playing with a group and you just start brainstorming, was a form of decoy for when you're being interdicted. You see that tr hollow triangle coming up behind you, you know the interdiction's coming, you have an opportunity to drop the equivalent of a heat sink in supercruise that will give you 50% chance of escape because they're going to suddenly see two signals and they don't know which one's you. So little additions like that could be introduced to make it more difficult um, for the person with the super over-engineered ship and it's a simple module that gives you that 50-50 chance uh, just making it that touch more difficult I think that's the best way that uh, these sorts of issues should be addressed now as opposed to just completely moving the goalposts and annoying everybody I think that the, that point that you made is a, a, 
an interesting side point that could definitely be explored. I, I honestly think that the, it's it's progressed to the point where it needs some 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 sort of readjustment or whatever. But I think that that the both of those things that you just said are interesting side points that could definitely be looked at. Tweaked, I know you had some thoughts. Yeah, well, first, I would disagree with the earlier point that the killers are going to be mad if something like this happens. Most of them, not all of them, but most of them just want some fights. They want some good quality competition. And and if they get that from some changes in this, I think they would be totally good with that. Uh, one idea that I had, and I may have said it on the show before, though, I, I think it would be fairly simple, simplistic to do if a griefer kills a clean ship automatically gives them one notoriety when you have one notoriety you cannot pay off your bounty for two hours in that two hour window generate missions on the mission board for whoever wants to take it to kill commander whatever the name was and then you get the mission rewards with money and mats and you can't really can't really gain that per se you're not going to make a ton of money off it you know you make some but you're not going to make like so much that you're going to game it constantly and then that would give a kind of a, a a chase you know you get that mission and you go hunt that person down and and i think most of those griefers would enjoy that gameplay as well so i think that would be a way to fix it on both sides at least a start to it roy um i i would i've got a couple thoughts i'd categorize them under the heading are griefers bad people like, are, are we trying to kick them from the game in, in a roundabout way or just give them a different mode to play in? Um, I have to imagine that with all of the statistics that FDev collects about all the activities in the game, they could probably come up with some pretty effective filters to figure out when really extreme behavior, bad behavior, is happening. Um, and yet they've chosen not to do anything like reach in and do something out of universe. Like, they're... They've chosen to do this all in-universe, try to set up rules to make the system work within itself. I know in other MMOs, there's, and it's not necessarily about this type of crime and punishment issue, but if people commit certain acts, you know, community uh, community management, whatever they're called, gets involved, and it's not an, uh, it's not an in-universe activity. Someone actually intervenes and does something. And they've chosen not to do that. And I'm curious, like, do we think there's ever... Uh, a, a crime, if we're calling these crimes, that would rise to that level? Or can every instance of anything happening here be handled in-game? Well, for the record, Frontier has stated openly that they <clears throat> would like to keep the option of non-consensual PvP in the game. It's part of the formula. Now, I would argue that while that's a good idea, that there's nothing that says that that choice to go down that path should not carry with it greater risks and penalties than it does now because there's too many loopholes to get out of the sort of punishment that is baked into the system there's ways that people are avoiding it arson you've been silent this whole time why don't we go with you and then i know tweak has another point okay so <laughs> Uh, when we all started talking about this about a week ago, I reached out to a former acquaintance of mine, Ryan M17, and I asked for some metrics because they have a bunch of tools where they all collect their net logs and they gloat among each other on their kill counts. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and read off some of these numbers. Uh, they are organized by clan, starting with independent who are not people who are associated with any particular clan. 
So independent, non-associated commanders. Uh, other caveat. Only 5% estimated, according to Ryan M17, of the numbers for each one of these clans is actual legitimate PvP -er versus PvP -er action. Only 5%, so keep that in mind. Independent, non-affiliated gankers. 790, I'm sorry, 79,449 ganks, 5% of which are legit PvP. SDC, 15,760. Go and kill gank, 15,069. Nomads, 14,035. Let's, let's stipulate that it's a whole hell of a lot. And as you're saying, by their records, it's 95% killing players that are not PVPers, that are not consenting to a fight. Correct. And they have one of them, I'm not going to name the person, uh, who has a registered 15,592 kills and only 25 known deaths because he actively avoids real PVPers. So, okay. So there's clearly a, a need for something like what you had put in the proposal thread of an outlet for people ranked PVP. Uh, and Ryan, one of the, the pieces of feedback that he gave me, the one that I do want to share, is they don't have anything to do. And, and they need fights. And a lot of times, ganking is what actually helps them get good fights because people get pissed off and come back, team up, and fight. So we, we need something like that system that was in the proposal where people who want a PvP are incentivized to fight each other and penalized enough for hurting normal people that they go ahead and participate in that system and actually enjoy it and are able to identify who is actually consenting to PvP while letting those of us that, you know, not really that interested in PvP, but I like the, the occasional hostile action, to still be in the same game world. Because it is nice to have somebody try to kill you on occasion, even when you're not looking for it, for that nice little adrenaline rush. All but, right, you know. Orange Phoenix. Yeah, in, in my experience, uh, yeah, in my experience, I've, I've noticed that there seems to be two genres of what people would term ganker. Um, there's the, the type that are bored, uh, they don't have perhaps the imagination to eke out another source of, of fun in the game, or that is just genuinely what they the kind of games they play. They just want to kill people. Then you've got your kind of role play, or um, they like the style, but they don't want to just be a ganker. And they create like a pirate group. And it's a group I know on the Xbox uh, called the Dark Marauders. And the way that they do it, I think, is perfect. They, uh, at CGs, for example, they will interdict you and then say to you, right, drop X amount of your cargo or else I will kill you. If you drop what I ask, you'll get a 24-hour pass. And they will leave them be if you drop what they want or they will kill you. Simple as that. They also kidnap people. I have been kidnapped in the past by them and they go on social media and they will do a ransom demand of X amount of slaves or diamonds or whatever. And it adds a whole new aspect to the game. So to have that affected by any changes 
and bring that out of it just because there's people out there that aren't doing it quite fairly, see? Um, that needs to be kept in mind. Um, so, yes, with your stats, a lot of people, it tends to be boredom, but that's probably because the game's not the right game for them. Hmm. Well, let, let's let's stipulate that there are going to be some people that are player killers that are going to be enticed to go do this new game mode of because they want fights and they're just bored. But that that there are other players that are just toxic for the sake of being toxic and they don't give a shit. They're not going to go do a new meaningful whatever because if you're that guy that Arson was talking about that had thousands of kills and only 20 deaths because he avoided actual PvPers, that guy just wants to club seals because he's a sad, sad little man in his mom's basement, and that's his life. The reason for my proposal, such as it was, was to try to funnel the two different groups into two different sort of outcomes. <clears throat> the ones who are going to take the opportunity to find something meaningfully fun and hunt the other wolves for profit. I'm, I suggest strongly that they have a good profit margin. They get good money for doing this because it's going to be a CG and it's going to be, that's their whole game loop. They're going to play the whole week like that. And I think that they should be able to make, you know, I don't know, uh, many, many millions, hundreds of millions over a week of if if that's all they do because they don't want to mine they don't want to whatever so let them let the wolves hunt other wolves for those we're just dicks and they're not going to get with the program that's fine the punishments that i had laid out were very very severe i feel and in a in a sneaky sort of way i literally had them thrown in involuntarily with the wolves in the first group so whenever you're playing if you are a honorable pvp -er or a combat player who right now maybe will just take whatever kill you can get but if you're given an option to do something that is more fun and more meaningful you'll get involved and do that those guys would literally see all of the player killers and i don't use the term again gankers mean that you have a gang of people to kill gank kill gang kill gank griefers means that you literally go back and keep like hunting down the same person to cause them grief like you're just going out of your way to maliciously target somebody and ruin their day so i'm using a general non-specific term of player killer player killer is any player who kills another player for any reason now i think that player killer is a better term like i i would separate combat pilots from player killers in the sense that I would say combat pilots are player killers who choose to kill other player killers and they're there I, I give them much respect because that's a that is a laudable goal to be a wolf who wants to 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 fight other wolves that's awesome that's dog fighting that's fun these guys set up events they do whatever <clears throat> so that's a combat pilot in my book a player killer is someone who just kills other players regardless of the reason that not set up and, and and i want to have these guys suddenly feel the wrath of the combat pilots i want for these guys to find themselves in a situation where they've chosen to cause harm to another player 
in an unfair manner you know when you're in a fully you know kitted out fdl and you go ahead and explode that brand new sidewinder coming out of the starter zone okay that's fine you made a choice i personally own several guns i can make a choice to go rampaging through the street shooting people that's a thing i can do right now if i do that what's the outcome for me the outcome is the police are going to come i'm probably going to get shot or i'm going to go to jail for the rest of my life i'm going to lose out massively as well i should because when you make a choice to act extremely you know destructively to other people well you deserve to see what that's fucking like if you want to play the bully you deserve to see what it's what it feels like when all of a sudden you're now in federal prison and there's a whole lot bigger nastier bullies all around you that are going to make you their bitch and that was exactly my proposal to say we make this hunting game for the hunters that will be either want to have fun with it or can be persuaded for profit to have fun with it and then we take the bully murderers and we throw them into the pond and they can't get out and now you know they're being hunted by the wolves and when they die they pay that fucking uh, uh bounty that massively high bounty out of their pocket so that if you just don't get it and you have to get killed by somebody and then you go eh, no big deal fine i'll shrug it off okay oh i lost 300 million all right next time oh i lost a billion and a half okay oh next time oh i lost two billion eventually you get to the point where you can't afford to do it anymore and you have to give up or get with the fucking program and some people say like well it seems like it's a little harsh i don't think so if you're murdering fucking you know ask that guy in a sidewinder who's an hour into the game if it's too harsh to properly punish and hunt down murderers see what he says uh roy you had some thoughts uh yeah i'd like to make a couple movie references actually one uh the princess bride and the other restless natives so i think you know one of the measurements obviously of a game like this is how fun it is and by not having the crime and punishment system properly balanced we're we're you know uh depriving ourselves of a whole lot of fun and i'm talking about piracy piracy done in a way that has the correct incentives that you know you don't necessarily have to wear an eye patch and talk like a pirate but there's lots of ways to do this and i really liked your your um idea about the outer rim or like a shell around the bubble where uh you kind of have this lawless area that's not just uninhabited um but where you could set things up to where yeah piracy could be a real option there and if you want to go tangle with that you know what you're getting into like i i um in 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 many of the instances where i'm uh you know interdicted and and maybe i'm on a trade mission or whatever and i managed to get away with it you know i think you referred to it in the past as the tingles like that's awesome that's that's making elite dangerous more dangerous in a fun way uh the dread pirate roberts was feared in, in the Princess Bride is the the you know the, the worst pirate on the seven seas. Old old fashioned maps have serpents. So, uh, be careful who goes here, sort of thing. That 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 brings back the the sort of night as you mentioned the 1984 elite esque kind of danger in, into that region. And and then uh, I bring up Restless Natives. It was actually a, a movie filmed in Scotland. I don't know if you remember. I'm kind of dating myself. I don't remember that one, Orange Phoenix. But it um it was about two lads who basically started uh, holding up buses 
and um, they became uh, almost like Robin Hood and, and people would take bus rides to get robbed because it was fun and it was exciting, you know, and like uh, there's two things there. One, piracy could be something fun for the people getting pirated because you could see if you can get through it or not. Imagine having to figure out an exploration run where you know you got to go through pirate territory. Um, and then what about Robin Hood? Is there, is there a mech, is there a game loop for a Robin Hood style of thing? I mean, that could be a, 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 an interesting lore narrative. Well, so another thing that was put into my proposal was the idea of piracy. And there are some things where, like, if you want to be a pirate, you can stay in the anarchy systems where you can kill with impunity. Because if people go into anarchy systems, the cops don't go there. You have no backup and nothing gets reported. You can, you know, I think that they should literally have loot drop when they when when you blow up a ship. And, and that gives people who want to stay in the anarchy systems and provide the scary scary for the people that want to go into those deep waters it gives you sort of a reason you get paid you actually can make money doing it if you wanted to be a proper pirate but for the players who don't want to get fucked with like that they can stay to the high sex systems where they don't have to worry about it tweet yeah i, I want to preface what i'm gonna say by saying i don't support player killers that 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 prey on the weak or griefers or gankers or any of those mm -hmm. types of things and opix will very often form wings and and go to desiat and find those people that are picking on the newer players and stuff to harass them uh, that being said the game needs bad guys it mm -hmm. just does it, I, I agree the bad guys need to be punished they need to have a challenge to them but we can't take them out of the game Star Wars wouldn't have been exciting without the Empire. Battlestar Galactica wouldn't have been exciting without the Cylons. And we need the bad guys in this game. We just need higher security. We need we need many different uh, changes to the game to make it so they have more things to do to keep them occupied. So I, I, I would hate to see anything to like punish them other than give them more challenging gameplay. I mean... <sighs> I, I think they should be punished. You make a decision, you live with that decision. Now, there's ways you can get out of it. If you want to be the bad guy, you should hang out in the anarchy system. If you're the bad guy, you hang out in the slums. You don't hang out right next to City Hall, w w surrounded by cops. That's just stupid. Uh, you know, it, so the, 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 the one, in, if you look at a gangster who's killing people out in the slums, okay, he's smart. He's out for profit. He's doing whatever he's doing. It's dirty. It's not good. He's a bad guy. It's not fair. It's not right. But it's sort of done intelligently for the purpose of making a profit. If you look at the wackadoodle who goes to City Hall with a machine gun and starts shooting people, yeah, you don't have a fucking plan. You're just a dick and you're going to get shot. It's, you know, whatever. Um, all right. Uh, Orange Phoenix, you, I, I know you wanted to talk about piracy. I think I kind of already addressed your thing, but for for sure, still make your point. Yeah, the, the, the piracy thing, I, I like your idea of the bubble, you know, a, a bubble just out with the bubble, an area where it's more outlaw aspect. And then when you commit a crime further in, i.e. kill another commander, it's harsh. It's much more harsh. Um, just to create these two zones. That, I think, would really, really help with addressing it. But the other thing is piracy doesn't pay at all at the moment. 
Um, you have goods, you go sell them at the black market, you get pittance for them. And there, there, there's no proper incentive there. So a mixture of incentive as well as wrist mm-hmm. slapping is definitely needed. Um, but they've got a perfect method of doing that already in the game. It just doesn't work quick enough. And that's getting the hardcore police after you, the ATC. And- the ATC, yeah. Yeah. That should be like, as soon as you're starting to get attacked, your non-cons, uh, you know, it could be a balance thing. Like you're a mostly harmless commander being attacked by an elite that instantly gets them jumping in within 30 seconds or something. Even quicker. Yeah, or, or quicker still, yeah. And mm-hmm. dependent on the rank balance or ship balance is, you know, an algorithm that kicks in and the ATC will come in super quick or a lot later because there's more chance of you defending and, and they will tear apart even the best grade 5 pvp ship pretty quickly I'll, usually I'll, I'll do you one better first off the cops a let's say let's say i am captain fucking new guy with three hours uh to the game and i'm just figuring out how my landing gear works and I got my first sidewinder and life is good. And I, whoops, I took this mission and they tell me they'll give me a hundred thousand credits if I go deliver it over here outside of the safe zone. And I jump out. And the very first thing I do is come across Tony Curtis. All right. Now, number one, he's going to kill me. Even if the cops come in to try to, you know, save me or whatever, even if they're there instantly, <clears throat> he's going to kill me. A, a FDL fully kitted out or, a, 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 you know, a, a challenger fully kitted out versus a, a, a unengineered noob winder. The sidewinder is going down now. All right. Let's look at let's break that down for a second and look at it. Is he already wanted for killing three other noobs in the last hour in the same zone? Because if so, let me explain something to you. If I go outside right now and hop in my car and I have an AR-15 and I'm waving it outside the window and shooting people, it's not like the cops are going to go, all right, yeah, he definitely just shot that guy, but he's not doing it now. He's just driving. So let's leave him be. No, they're going to fucking come after me. So right. Chase you if you're wanted, if you, so in my, in my proposal i said change notoriety notoriety should not in any way affect it shouldn't be dealt with npcs notoriety should be a new thing now and it only comes from player killing if you kill a player you have notoriety that notoriety does not go away it doesn't wear off over time you can't pay it like a parking ticket you fucking murdered somebody you gotta reap the whirlwind now jack you gotta you gotta actually feel what it's like to pay that price when somebody comes and collects your fucking skull you know so if you have notoriety and you're hanging out in a system that's anarchy okay that's fine you're you're in your spot but if you have notoriety and you're hanging out in a high sex system or a medium sex system it shouldn't even be that you have to wait for a noob to come along and then say well that's going to trigger the police to defend this guy They should be chasing your ass already. What the hell are you doing there? On top of that, when I say, let's say I am Captain New Guy and they turn around and kill me and then the the guy jumps out, the ATC should be chasing them to the next one to the or ATR to the next one to the next one. Stay with you jumping until you get to 
anarchy space. When you get to anarchy space, hey, the cops back down. You made it back to now. That makes a interesting game mechanic or whatever of I want to be this crazy murderous asshole who jumps in and kills a guy and then jumps right out. That's danger for them. And that's balanced gameplay. It's not unfair that they don't have the opportunity to create mayhem. They can create mayhem. But when they do, they better run like hell. Whereas as it stands now, they can sit there and just stream for eight hours. I'm going to hang out in this one spot and see how many of these brand new epic commanders I can kill. Ha 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 ha. I mean, all right. If I don't, what what is your what's your deal man like I, i've heard i've seen people that come out and they're like well here's my feeling on this here's my feeling on that and they'll give you their justified reason you know cow for all seasons will tell you like well you know they they got into open mode that's consenting to pvp i mean okay if, if, if that's literally it would be the same if if i mean technically speaking i'm safe in my house the doors are locked the security system is on uh and i'm armed so anybody that's going to come into my house is going to find that they have a fucking problem because i've got all the advantages that doesn't mean though that me going out in the morning to go to the bodega on the corner to get some a fucking egg taco that doesn't mean that i'm consenting to getting shot in the head by some random asshole that's walking down the street no it if you're in society, if you're in high sec or medium sec or whatever, you should have the right to feel a certain degree of, not absolute safety, but a certain degree, I feel. Roy. Totally agree. I'd like to, <clears throat> I'd like to touch on one of the things that you, uh, you brought up in the forum post about engineers and how mm -hmm. they should be handled. Um, I, I think you might've mentioned that they should be in high sec systems. And I, I have a different thought on that. I, I think there might be a progression there, like certainly the starter ones, because they come in a progression. You have to unlock certain ones to unlock others. It makes all the sense in the world to have that early group be in high sec. But I think it could be interesting, especially if some of the most advanced ones, and maybe it would require sort of reorienting which ones give what, because the point would be maybe some of the hardest ones, maybe they're kind of in an anarchy system, or maybe they're on the outs with the, the superpower, and but they've got the cool new gadget or whatever that you want to get on your ship or mm. or a gun for your Odyssey uh, on foot stuff. Um, I remember in, um, I was going to date myself, but back in, I think it was Ultima 4. So this is like, for those that don't know, a, a 2D Dungeons and Dragons way back in the, like Commodore mm -hmm. 64 days. Um, you'd play around this map of Britannia and in the middle of the ocean, and the ocean was a dangerous place with whirlpools and bad monsters. In the middle of that, there was like a pirate island. And the stuff you could buy in the town on that pirate island was awesome. So oh, it yeah. made it worth making that trip. And that's a dynamic I feel that's a bit left out with the engineers. It's sort of like, doo -doo -doo, but, but I'm going to go to 10 engineers. Going there. Yeah, oh, totally. We do totally. need that in this game. And you'd prepare, but, but it was worth it because you, the things you'd get from there would advance right. you in the rest of the game. So that could be a mechanic that could take advantage of. So the point would just be not all engineers to be need to be in high sec. There could be progression. There could be some that are totally freaking dangerous. Well, I, I part of the, the proposal that I made on the forum said that they can put some slightly better stuff in low sec than mm. than than medium sec you know like as you go from from high sec you know you're in the safe zone 
but it has the you know slightly less paying stuff. Medium sec pays a little bit more, you know, not a lot, but it's it's just a little bit less safe. Low sec pays a good chunk more, but is considerably less safe. And Anarchy Space has awesome stuff out there, but is very, very unsafe. And let me be very, very clear. These bonuses that I'm talking about for, you know, medium sec versus high sec or low sec versus medium or anarchy versus low should not extend into solo play or private group. That's only if because there's no extra risk in solo play. So there should be no extra reward by if you want to make things fair, increase risk. As Frontier has said just recently in this rebalance issue, increased risk or complexity should be rewarded with increased payout of some of some kind um arson you had a point yeah you had brought up kai uh the the concept of you know walking around out in society that's that's not consent to walk up and shoot me in the head and that really clicked with me and i, I gotta say i'm one of those people i'm always in open um except for yeah. yesterday i did some mat grinding but i digress essentially I'm always an open because for me, open play is walking around in society. And I think that maybe with, if you're going to justify the whole need to adjust things, and I'm not saying this to you particularly, Kai, I'm just saying like for Frontier, mm -hmm. the modes are like your house. When you're an open, you're walking around in society. When you're in private or solo, you're walking around in your home. And I think that it is a good idea not to just treat open play like a PvP flag. And I think that a lot of, of uh, combat players, or, or player killers specifically, look at it that way and utilize it that way. Uh, namely, my issue with gankers that go in and they, they do all their progression in solo and private, and then they come out only to gank. Like I think that that mindset, we need to, to get into the open as society. And, and I really mm -hmm. like the way you put that. Now, Anarchy Open, okay. Now you've, you've done gone into the wrong part of town, son. You reap, you reap what you sow. You know, if you want to go in there and fuck around and, you know, oh, man, this is where you got the good bootleg shit and the good this and the good that. Okay, cool. But also don't be surprised if you take a fucking knife between the ribs. Shit happens when you party naked. If you're going to go into the wrong part of town you got to be ready you know your head on a swivel and you're ready for what comes uh roy you had a point about i guess what boss lady b just said yeah in the in the chat she brought up that you know a lot of uh a lot of the people that we're talking about uh and trying to deal with are uh they find npcs boring and easy to kill yep. and so the question was you know what if there is much more difficult npcs for them to fight I mean, could, could that be an angle to turn something up to 11 and, and give some better challenge? Well, not only should there be... So NPC difficulty, I believe, absolutely should be a part of this. And I stated it in my proposal that even in solo mode, if you go to an anarchy system, you should expect to be hit by a wing of NPC uh, uh, pirates that are in highly engineered, you know, ships that are ready to come fuck you up. Anarchy should not be safe in any mode, period. Now, yes, if you're in solo or private group, you can theoretically uh, solo for sure in private group theoretically. 
mitigate or eliminate entirely the idea of being killed by a player killer by another player but for sure greater npc difficulty should come in however i disagree with the idea of saying greater npc difficulty is going to in some way deter player killing if you are a combat pilot you're going to want the the interaction of playing against another human because it doesn't matter how good you make the npcs the fact of the matter is they're 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 not going to be good enough to keep these guys attention a combat pilot needs to kill other players and my idea is to funnel those guys into a system where they can kill each other willingly for profit as opposed to killing the fucking weak I mean, if it's just a matter of, well, they need a harder target, they could be out doing AX right now. They're the hardest targets out there. They choose not to. They want, if you ask a ganker, I'm falling into that trap. I don't want to do that. If you ask a player killer, why is it that you kill other players? They'll say, oh, because NPCs are boring. I know what they're going to do. I want to kill humans because, you know, when I fight against other players, I don't know what they're going to do. It's exciting. Okay, cool. Let's give them the excitement, but let's have them face other killers. Uh, all right, we've got Arson on NPC difficulty. Uh, yeah, so one of the things that, that I could mention on that is, you know, we have the current in-game, it's AX Combat, and you get the, the process down, once you know how to do it, then you're just you're doing it, and it's as fast as you can do it. Back when engineers dropped, there was a very short period of time where NPCs were ridiculously overpowered because they had some bugged engineering added. But at the same time, they had a new AI program for how the NPCs flew. So you had bugged engineering stats uh, like plasma accelerators firing at the rate of multi-cannons and other oddities, um, and then enhanced like actual dogfighting AI that was super badass. I cannot remember the name of the developer that did it, but she did an amazing job, and the community had a lot of outcry because of the effect of those two things made the game unplayable for low-skill players. I want to see, because they remove both of those things. They remove the engineers on the normal everyday NPC, the engineering effects, and they also removed the updated AI. And unlike Thargoids, which it's process related, the updated AI actually had you engaging with these NPCs, uh, similar to how you would, might expect a real life dogfight to go down. It didn't. You couldn't just reverse key on an NPC and, and call it a day. You had to work for that kill and wait, work for your positioning. I want to see them bring that AI programming back for NPCs. Uh, but that's all I'm going to say on that. Orange Phoenix, you had an idea about CQC. Yeah, um, just for the sort of P PvP or side. Um, to have like equivalent of cqc you know now in game we can sit and play and we can queue ready to to start cqc what if there was something like that that's pvp based so it's an enterable competition as such like um only game i can think of off the top of my head that has something similar is like forza have these online races and there's like a timer going down and you, you sign up for the race in advance um 
with with whatever car you're going to utilize but having something like that in elite that you enter your ship and at a certain time frame maybe four times a day for example one of these fights would would commence one of these competitions and you know just having a structure in the game instead of having to be community driven um would maybe satisfy some of these pvpers that have taken to ganking because they can't find the challenge okay i like the idea i'll be honest with you i do like the idea of having some kind of uh arena combat or whatever but i'm gonna tell you this it doesn't make my balls tingle if i want to go out there and 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 murder or whatever if there's no consequences the only way that i see that that arena combat works is if you allow people to gamble on it that's just my thought tweak yeah i hate any kind of mode that takes us out of the immersed universe and to me any kind of game mode that puts me into a cqc or any other kind of planned event like that like like the forza thing that would do that to me it would ruin my immersion this is the the, the core of this subject really boils down to basically what you said in your post it really it, it's the crime and punishment the, the the security states all that stuff it just really has to be adjusted i don't think a cqc event i don't think anything like that is gonna quench the thirst of those that like to go kill people and 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 the only way to do this is to make the dangerous truly tr or make the galaxy truly dangerous in the areas where it should be truly dangerous and, and on roy's point earlier i love the idea of boy i really kind of want to go get that tritium that's really cheap over there in that anarchy spot but man is it going to be scary to get there or back you know i mm -hmm. love the idea of something like that added to this game i think it would add a lot and also bounties if, if we could have player versus player bounties and have a pvp or chasing another pvp or that that killed a clean player somehow work that into the game i think that would add a ton of gameplay for those types of players I strongly agree, but those bounties have to come out of the killer's pocket. If you make Agreed. it where the bounties yes. come out of the game's pocket, they're going to game the fuck out of that and just make money off of mayhem. It exactly. needs to be I totally agree with it, that. It, it needs to be that yes, as a player, each and every one of us have has a loaded gun in our hands and we can pull that trigger at any point. But if we make that decision, you realize in real life and you will realize in the game, you know, there's consequences. Once you pull that trigger, you can't take the bullet back. And again, if you want to, you know, if you're that guy that wants to show up and put your dick in the guacamole, don't be surprised when you catch a punch to the face. Like, it is what it is. You can do dumb shit. You're going to have to fucking pay for that. And and this in this case, I, I, I think, you know, you pay the, the bounty out of your pocket. I like the idea of saying, if you got notoriety your insurance company says go fuck yourself we're not paying your insurance claim you you got notoriety you're a murderer why would we pay for you you you, you just murdered some guy you violated I... the terms of our condition yeah so your insurance policy is now it's, it's gone and yes after you after so after you die shit, you just lost that ship you just lost the engineering you just lost the whatever is that massively painful absolutely is that unfair i don't think so I think it's unfair to go around murdering fucking sidewinders in an in an uh, FDL. I just do. Arson. Yeah, I just want to hammer on that little bit. If people do think that that is too harsh, I know that there's some that what if I get what if I get tricked? 
Or what if I make a mistake? Well, you didn't control your weapons. But I will say when it comes to PvP, any PvPer worth their salt is going to tell you that it is so easy. If you are equipped and fully engineered, escaping even eight-man ganks, which I it wasn't on screen, but two weeks ago, I escaped an eight-man gank in a 677 megajoule python while managing the tech and putting things on screen it is not hard so that is not actually a, a like yeah they deserve to lose the ship but that's not overboard on punishment the threat is up <laughs> everyone please 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 look in the show notes um look for the thread please i'm asking i don't i don't normally ask you hey go to the forums and post on this or post on that i'm asking you this time go to the forum and post on this if you like it you know say it if you don't like it or if you say hey i like this 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 and this i don't like that because here's why just thoughtful discussion that's all i ask please please people if you want to see things get better if you're a combat pilot and you want to see a cool new rolling CG that just keeps going on for forever, that gives you chances to make actual serious money so you don't ever have to fucking mine again if you hate it. But, I mean, it's going to take skill to get to that point. Go in there and say, hey, this is awesome. I like this. Or, I don't like that, but I like this. Let's, let's, if this thread blows up and, and, and Frontier sees, you know, number one, please like the initial post where i posted it even if it's just a matter of you say i like it but i don't like this and this and this parts in the comments later if frontier sees that this post gets you know hundreds of likes and and you know 50 60 70 whatever pages of comments of people actively not being shitty not you know lol you suck or even if you're on my side and someone is like I don't like the idea of this because I have this reason. Don't shit on them either. Like, let's have thoughtful, constructive discussion where you listen to what the other side has to say and, and keep your mind open to like, okay, well, what about this? What about that? Okay, yeah, you make a good point there. I'll tell you right now, I got a message today from a guy and I, I, I had it right before the show. I didn't have a chance to dig into it. But we're going to dig into it next week. I had a message from a guy that actually had some good points that made me look at it and go. And he said, he was like, hey, man, I really like your idea. Here's some things I think that you got wrong. And just intelligently and politely said, I don't think this works because of that. And one of the things he said, which I was like, oh, fuck, he's totally right. I'll call out myself out right away. The idea on the PvP uh, CG thing. There were zero points for death. It was literally just about you go out there and you try to make kills and whoever gets the most kills wins. And and he made a point. He was like, if you have no points for death and you don't, and this is just my own thing I'm adding on to it. If there's no limitation uh, or diminishing returns for kills by the same people, Arson and I can go out into the middle of fucking bumfuck and just blow each other up back and forth and be like, we made a ton of points. You can game it that way. That's a smart, it's an absolutely valid criticism. I read it and I was like, he's right. I was wrong. My idea that the, the, the whole thing that I posted on the forum, I don't claim that it's perfect. It's literally just a starting point from which to sort of, uh, how do I say it? Like, let's find the flaws in it 
and, and or suggest better ideas for, you know, bits and pieces or whatever. But let's start the conversation constructively. All right. I, we've talked a lot. Let's 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 go ahead and get this thing start, get this thing wrapped up. I want to call out especially, though, uh, with regard to feedback on the forum on, on the on the discord. Um, Commander uh, Nomadic Caster Watch, Nomadic Star Watcher. Commander Broken Wan, uh, Shadow Malachi, and the Texorcist all had awesome points in conversation that was going back and forth between me and Arson and them and other people. But it just it was it's a great conversation that is still ongoing. Go to the forums, post your thoughts, please. If you if you got a second, give give the original post a little like and. Say what you like, say what you don't. You don't have to be a yes man, but just be polite. That's all I ask. All right. Um, CQ1, community question one is going to be holistic revamp to crime and punishment proposal that we just talked about. CQ2, I'm just throwing this in as a bonus. Submit your idea for a discussion topic. I want to hear from you guys. Say like, you know, <clears throat> you could be like, man, I'm here every week listening to your show and I want you guys to talk about this. And you guys never got around to it. Well, tell us what you want us to talk about and let's let's talk about it. All right. State of the game. I think the game is pretty good right now. I'll be honest with you. I was a little bummed by a couple of things that happened uh um sort of in this week with interactions with things that and I knew I was putting myself up for it with the forums, and I knew that whatever, and and also too. I can be an honorary asshole. If 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 somebody comes at me the wrong way, there's times where I can take it well and be intelligent and be sort of grown up and 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 mature. And there's other times where I'm just a dick who's going to smack you in the face. And I that's a personal shortcoming of my own that I got to work on, but there this has been a a a interesting and challenging week in in a, a lot of different ways, but there is some good stuff on the other side that I can see from this and and hey, man, I'm just psyched that Frontier took our idea for this, uh, 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 what do you call it, uh, exploration CG. And I'm psyched for that little exopod and a couple other things that are coming soon. And I'm psyched for next week when we're going to get the dev diary that for some reason is still not announced. But I, I would right now put $20 on it. We're, we're getting it next week. Uh, Arson, state of the game. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I do like the uh, the CG. Um, I, I'm really curious. They say terraforming. I say weapons of mass destruction. That's my state of the game. They say terraforming. I say poking the fucking bear. Uh, Roy. Uh, I'm really interested in the fact that so many of these uh, threads in Galnet are starting to come to a hard boil. Like things, the story feels like it's about to break in a few different directions, and uh, I think that's going to be super awesome. I'm also having fun with the CG. Uh, like I said, it took me a bit to get my head around it, but now I'm into it. It's it's uh it's a lot of fun. It's uh, I just also want to say kudos to the audio design team. I know we, maybe we've talked about this before, but I was reminded because I hadn't gone on a real exploration mission in a long time. Stuff like the noises that planets make in the in the system scanner like they all have unique noises and i was getting a lot of nostalgia just from the audio design so thank you for that beautiful tweet 
Yeah, I would say state of the game is very good. It's it's there's some bugs right now, but all in all, I can't find enough time to play it, and that to me means it's doing well. I am starving for some new Odyssey information, the Dev mm. Diary, especially with it being combat. So I hope, hope, hope that you're right, and it comes next week. And I am hungry for that, so I'm excited for things to come. Orange Phoenix. Yep, much the same. Excited for things to come. Um, I'm happy with the state of the game at the moment. Uh, Braben tunnels are starting to get to me a bit, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, the game's healthy. There's a good future ahead. Galnet, um, all these stories starting to interlink. Big things ahead. Yep, mm. exciting times. All right. Uh, my good night. My sign off is going to be be excellent to each other. And that's especially on the forums. Try to talk nice to each other. Uh, I don't always succeed in that, but I, I, I'm going to try harder. Please try as well. Arson, say good night. Good night, everybody. Tweet. Thanks for hanging with us this evening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. Now, now quickly go watch The Mandalorian. Roy. Fly casual, but stay dangerous. And the final sign off, Orange Phoenix. Good night, all, and uh, fly dangerous. Play us out, Arson. Touch me in the pouring rain And the moment that you wander far from me I want to feel you in my arms again And you come to me on a summer breeze Keep me warm in love Then you softly leave Well, it's me you need to show
softly leave Well, it's me you need to show 